Blog Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. IVP videos, www.ivpvideos.com, $299 single disc, $599 double disc. They have all the Puro, Lucha, Indie Sleaze, uh, Best Ofs, Classics, whatnot that you're looking for. www.ivpvideos.com. Tell them KZ from Rubber Guard Radio sent you. Alrighty, Rubber Guard Radio is live on the air. Uh, many apologies about the missed episode this past Tuesday. I've been under the weather. I'll be joined momentarily by my guest host, uh, San Diego native and indie worker, Alex Saint. Alex, are you on the air, brother? Okay, let's see. Let's get Alex on here real quick. Mr. Saint. Okay. Alex, Hello? how are you on, brother? How's it going? Hey. Huh? Hello? What's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, I just got to follow my trainer. He's trying to call in. He's saying uh, there's an issue with it. But uh, if you can't get a hold of him, David e. Jones, then I'll be on, I guess, the, the full two hours today talking to whoever calls in, right? <laughs> That's it. Um, would David be calling in from the 260 area code? Um, he may be, maybe. All right, well, we got a caller on hold, so let's check it out. Okay. Caller from the 260. Who are you? KZ, what's up? Who this? This is not who you were thinking, but making a special appearance. This is Dick Trickle. What's going on, Dick? Hey, I just thought I'd say hello and say uh, give my regards to Rubber Guard Radio. Tremendous. Tremendous. Thanks for dropping on, dropping on by this special <laughs> indie spectacular episode. Um, I'm pretty excited. I owe, I, I owe my listeners a show. I had a show lined up for this past Tuesday, but um, help yeah, me came into play. So, but uh, thanks for checking in, Dick. Hey, you're welcome. Hopefully, you enjoy the show, brother. Hey, I think I will. Just want to say hello. All right, keep these alive, man. Hi. Wow, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> a member oh, of the board cool. calling in. Yeah, I dig it, man. I'm actually getting love. <laughs> unlike uh, well, unlike other people, but uh, let me play a drop real quick for those haters. Oh, okay, Mitty, you fucking troll tard, suck my dick, asshole. God, I hate Mitty. <laughs> I got <guess> the <I'm> dick. <laughs> you 
He's just a hater. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're waiting on uh, Mr. Jones to call in. Yeah, his number is 818. Uh, I don't know. I gave him the same number I called in on. Okay, cool. So uh, you guys have when's – the, when's the show? Is it this Saturday? Yeah, the show is this Saturday, uh, downtown YMCA, San Diego, California. Uh, we were promoting hard this weekend, went to the SmackDown House show, went to the Jeff Hardy signing, went to the Raw show in Los Angeles, and, uh, you know, just putting the final touches on there. We got a couple of contacts from uh, the Raw show in San Diego. People people contacted and wanted to be in the school and stuff, and uh, just getting a name out there, just getting people talking. That's all we're trying to do, you know. Tremendous. Tremendous. That's it, man. That's what we're about here, Rubber Guard, is supporting indies. Yeah. Indie, indie, indie. <laughs> you know? There, there are people that that are like, why don't you go for the big name guests? I don't want the big name guests. You know, I mean, you could, you know, listen to them on a shoot interview or a regular radio interview. That ain't my thing, man. I like the indie guys, the guys that are hungry, the guys, or even the weekend warriors. You know, I, yeah. I just, you know, the new guys, man. I like the new blood. Everybody's you know, got I, an interesting story to tell if you listen. You know, I mean, some of the guys I, I, that. Uh, haven't been around for about a couple of years, you know. They got some interesting stories, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, all the older guys, they tell the same. They got the same high spots. You know, they tell the yeah, same no, stories. It's not like I'm gonna go, go out of my way to try to interview Chris Masters. Talk <laughs> about that guy. God, he got fired. <laughs> what's that? What's that cat gonna do? Because he can't go by that name. Uh, who is this? Uh, Chris Masters. He got fired today. Oh, Chris Masters. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't see wrestling very much in this future. I mean, I imagine it'll take a couple of indie dates, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. Go but back, go back to UPW and and what, you know, hook him up, hook up well, students with steroids there or what? Well, I don't even know if UPW still running a school. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure they're shut down because Bassman got an MMA or whatever. I don't know. Valor fighting or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, don't quote me, but I mean, uh, you don't hear anything about UPW school anymore, you know. There's not really a predominant school out here in California anymore, you know. There's there's a lot of schools, but I mean, none that you really hear about, you know. You have to really search for it. Which oh, that's not really a bad thing. All right, now this is either Mr. Jones or it's Ray Mysterio because they're calling from the six one nine. Okay. Well, you never know. Maybe Conan, but let's see. <laughs> Caller from the 619, who are you? That is Mr. Jones. How you doing, Mr. Jones? <laughs> I'm good. You know, Ray Mysterio couldn't make it. He, he sends his regards. <laughs> uh, I would have called sooner, but the person who gave me the number is, uh, is a complete screw-up and unfortunately gave me the wrong digits. So. But I'm back I, now. But I'm back I now. Think I think it's the, the jackass on the other line. It might be. It might be. Uh, Tiger Woods over there. Yeah. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Not bad. Not oh. bad. Not bad. Okay. Enjoying it. Pretty cool evening up here in NorCal. Uh, NorCal, okay, all right. I'm sorry. Uh, how's a, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, everybody, looking forward to the uh, the show on New Wave uh, coming up uh, this Saturday, uh, November 10th, uh, in downtown in SoCal. We couldn't get much more downtown to be closer to the border if it wasn't. Um, uh, show coming up. Uh, pretty excited about it. Uh, Anchors away, which is my tag team versus Los Vatos Wapos, uh, proud San Diegans or something like that. I never meant to do. Um, but the entire show should be fun. Chaos, who was on Raw the other night, uh, defending the New Wave Championship against SoCal Crazy, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, should be a lot of fun, guys. And, you know, anybody listening, come check out the show. It'd be uh, it'd be great. It should be it should be uh, 
at the very least, you're going to see some great new faces in the, in the indie scene in Southern California. If you live in Mexico and you're thinking about crossing the border, November 10th is the time to do it. That's all I have to say. Yeah, November, November 10th. I mean, you know, you guys are going to cross the border anyway. You might as well go ahead and do it and come right to the YMCA, your first stop before L.A., you know. There, there you go. Gabe. Now we're going to have heat. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hopefully Brian Alvarez doesn't call in. I shouldn't have booked David Jones, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Screw you all up. <laughs> Hey, before we go any further, um, I need to throw a shout-out to my partner out there in Texas, David Fuller. Get well, brother. Dave's a good friend of the show. He's had some uh, dental issues, but he's uh, he's at laying up at home. He's popped his gimmicks, and hopefully he's listening to the show. So just want to get that out there. All right, well, get well. Get well. You know what I'm saying? All right. Thank yeah, you. Get well. well. He's going to be my one of my guests tomorrow. He needs to, needs to get that mouth well. Uh, it might be a better interview if his mouth's messed up. Never know. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of some of the drugs they put you on. Yeah, no shit. So, uh, Mr. Jones, how'd you break into business? Oh, boy. Um, well, I'm from Los Angeles originally. I uh, I broke into business. I was trained. Uh, I tried to uh, I tried to get into school at UPW at the time. It was Huntington Beach, uh, a little too far for me. I was brought there by the big swag. Uh, he had uh, he had told me about the school, and I said, "Oh, great! I can't wait to join. I'm you know definitely going to be there." He was super excited, and then a week later, I found Rick Drayson, who was like a block away from me, and I never contacted Swag again. <laughs> and I went to Rick, Rick Drayson. Uh, no, I, I saw him like once on the street, and I kind of looked down. I felt real bad about it. <laughs> he was he was he was really excited too to, to to have me start, and you know he was he he was big help into the business. And for, I saw my first uh, uh, independent show with him, and that was. Uh, it was UPW at the night. At the, it was it was at the Roxy at the time, and I saw. When did they show? Right, the. I don't even. I don't even remember. It was, it was some. It was sometime. It was sometime at, at night and at the at the Roxy in Hollywood. Oh, those was, were the student shows, weren't they? Yeah. Well, no, no. The, the actual light shows. Those were. Um, I was on one of those. Uh, that wasn't. That wasn't at the Roxy. I don't believe the, the actual Roxy had had people on it, like people like Andy Van Dam at the time, who was one of the most hot and rising stars in the indie scene. Who I always wanted to work, and actually had the privilege of working him like a couple months later, and he busted me in the nose. Um, uh, but it's indie wrestling, bro. Yeah, he said. That's the thing that we Samoa Joe. He said, "He said, welcome to uh, welcome to the business." Yeah, we. we I, I remember seeing Samoa Joe at a um, a small show they they had done at a warehouse. I don't think it was UPW, somebody else. Uh, but, but Samoa Joe came in and, and totally beat the crap out of his opponent. And I said, "I want to wrestle him so bad." And he said, "Oh no, no, never work Joe because he's." Like one of the stiffest people you ever work, and that's because I guess he was trained in Japanese style. I didn't, I don't know the whole story, but <laughs> he's he's a little he's a little intimidating. But uh, worked uh, worked with Rick Drayson for a while. Uh, got trained with him. Worked a few shows. Uh, UIWA uh, worked one UPW light show, and they never wanted to see me again. That <laughs> was that was that was the uh, that was the drizzling craps back in the day. And that was about seven years ago. Um, had a little layover when I came. I joined the Navy. Uh, had a little layover in San Diego, didn't really do a whole lot, and uh, broke back into the business uh, with a small company up here in, in Oceanside, um, and uh, established the David E. Jones character, and been with me ever since. Cool. Were you stationed at Pendleton? What's that? Were you stationed at Pendleton? Oh no, no, that's the that's the Marines, that's the important guys. I'm a, you know, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm in the Navy. I'm I'm the kickback branch. I was I was stationed in Thirty uh, Second Street Naval Station, San Diego. Um, where I proudly serve my country's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm a cook. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I can't really be a tough guy being a cook, so I decided to go right back into the wrestling. 
uh, and do the whole David E. Jones thing. <laughs> Tremendous. So uh, I know that you used to work for a company down there, SAW, ran by Mike Rapata. <laughs> uh, do you have any Rapata stories? Uh, oh, man, what's, know, what story don't I have? Rapata was former NWA World Heavyweight Champion as Colorado Kid. Right. And he's also a close friend of Bert Prentice, but that's a whole different story. Now, <laughs> yeah, I know the story. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even going to open it. It's a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, please. get sued. My sponsors don't pay that much, so <laughs> I'm going to open the floor to you. Dave, uh, go for it, brother. Um, you know what? If, if anything I can say about Mike Rapata is um, really is, a, is an incredible worker, even even now or in his older days. he's uh, He really knows his stuff. He knows a little bit about psychology, which is nice. Um, he knows a lot of the old school and uh he knows a lot of the old wrestling traditions uh that are important and not just not just uh inside the ring but outside in the dressing room and with his guys and whatnot. Um the biggest problem that I have with Mike Rapata is that he uh he never really joined wrestling to make uh a name for himself as far as wrestling goes. He he wanted the money, he always wanted the money, he had a lot of money into it. And that's what he does now. He runs a school um in Oceanside and uh he takes money from his students. He puts on shows, gets money for the shows, and never pays his guys. Um, in fact, his rule is you can't wrestle on his shows if you're not paying him for class. So essentially, the, the, his his uh, his rock, whole locker room is basically paying to be on his show, and he gets the profits from it. Um, I heard we have a lot one of those up here. We have one of those guys. His name's Roland Alexander up here. You see Beyond the Mat, you know. I know. I know. I know. I know Roland. I know. I heard of him long before Beyond Beyond the Mat came out. Um, him and I, we go back till '97, so I I know how he does business. And well, you know what? Hey, you know what? Some some people. You know what? The, the thing is, that professional wrestling, and you know, and I know myself because I, you know, I'm, I'm one of the trainers in a school down here. Uh, I know professional wrestling, especially in the in the education department, can be a, a great business. It's a lot of money, and the, the 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 sad thing is, it's it's so easy to make that money and not care about the people that people really lose uh, interest in, you know, being a good person, and then just would much rather just make the money, pay their bills a very easy way, and uh, take advantage of their people. And unfortunately, there are people that do that, you know, but it's not. You know, it's not Mike Ross the Bear, it's theirs. I do what I do, and he does what he does. So does Mike Rapata and any other promoter or any other trainer that decides to do what they do. Hey, that's <laughs> all power to them. It's not the unfortunate they're out there, with, but they are. Do you cross paths with Rapata at all, or you know, like work on same shows? Or we had um, we had uh, the first match I ever had in in SAW was was with Rapata, and. Um, and it was it was actually a decent match. He's, he's a good worker, and uh, he doesn't want to teach his students. In fact, he told me he doesn't want to teach his students how to be that good because he doesn't want them to pass him up as far as being the top guy at the company. Um, but uh, fucking indie. <laughs> hey, you know what? He, he uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. I, I got some good stories. Uh, <laughs> but he um, after I had chose to to leave um, SAW, he contacted because I, I worked a lot of lucha libre around here with. Uh, a lot of shows with uh, you know Ray Mysterio Sr., Psychosis, and uh, Damien Six Six Six. They wrestled a lot Stop of shows her. around here, and and Rapata had contacted some of the lucha promoters and told them never to book me again because I was a backstabber and whatnot, and you know I was just fulfilling greener pastures really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he uh, he straight up said that he was going to go 
he was making plans to trade his guys in and out with Japan. He was going to bring back territories to the United States. Um, SAW was going to be the biggest thing there ever was in the world. It's not just independent. This, this is the next generation of wrestling. And unfortunately, you know, when you're when you're really hungry for work, you're going to believe that. And I believed it, and a lot of his younger guys believe it now. Unfortunately. <laughs> Have you had any run-ins with Martin? With Mar- with Martin? Um, no, actually, I had, uh, I'm sorry, I'm all breaking up. Um, I had, uh, I worked a show with WPW, um, uh, I want to say seven months ago, um, and he was really nice to me. I I spoke to him a few times since then, and he remembered me. Um, seems like a nice guy. I I never really had problems with Martin at all, no, he was, he was, he was good to me. Yeah, from what I, from what I heard, he's a class act. (laughs) He's, he's, yeah, like I said, it's being used decent, so if anybody has any problems, there's... If if you don't own your own ring, he does have many to rent, so he's a pretty... Yeah, well, he's, uh, he's, you know, he he bought a ring from from a real good friend of mine, really nice rings. Um, Matter of fact, one of the rings I I own now is is probably, was probably his at one point. (laughs) Because I get all mine from Alex Knight, so I know he gets... Every ring that's bounced around there in SoCal has, you know, either been been owned or been touched by by Martin and that's a good legacy to have man that's <laughs> you know if you don't if you don't wrestle it's just it's good to get your name out there somewhere I guess there you go exactly. <laughs> have, have you seen his work at all Martins yeah I've seen WPW I, I, I like his guys that come out of this out, out of the out of the school um, no I mean him actually for no I haven't seen him you haven't seen him work no absolutely not oh man he's silly <laughs> he is silly he's uh he's <laughs> He plays kind of a gay character. Oh, nice. That's quite funny. <laughs> for, for those of you that watch um, CMLL, he's kind of like Maximo, the um, the resident gay guy down in CMLL. Kind of wacky. But, <clears throat> you know, he's just silly and goofy. But... That gets over. Yeah. People like that. Yeah. No shit. Either people he like has, it or they make fun of it. He has spit out some pretty good workers. Like, uh, not so little Cholo. Yeah. Um, He's picked on some size, but um, see who else? His son, Silver Tiger, who's pretty good. Yeah, I got I got yelled at by Silver Tiger something awful one time. Really? Oh yeah, it was it was terrible. We did it. It, it was working out. I was working on a show. It, um, I was in the main event of the Lucha show. The only reason I did that is because the the main event that was supposed to be, I think it was Super Astro and somebody else had said they were also working in TJ, so they need to be on a little sooner. So, but I was a semi main at the time, so I got bumped up to the main. And it was me and my partner, uh, Ryan Stone, um, with Infernal versus Silver Tiger, R2K, and um, oh, I can't remember the other person. Uh, but we had done a, we we had done a, uh, all right, we had worked out a whole spot um, prior to the show, or we had worked out a whole whole match, and they came in five minutes prior to the prior. To and straight up said, well, we're going to do this, 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 this. We didn't understand a damn thing, so we went out there, <laughs> and um, we were lost the entire match. And the whole time, like, Silver Tiger was yelling at me, you know, tag me, you idiot, tag me, you fool, you stupid son of a bitch, and all this stuff. And, I was <laughs> and me, I was just dumbfounded on the ring. At the time, I had my pants around my ankles. That's a story for another time. Um, but it was really funny. It was, you know, I was kind of laughing at the in the match, and, and he was furious, just furious. But when I... When I finally got him, I, you know, I gave him a couple of good tags, and I was like, you call me an idiot, you motherfucker, you know, all this stuff. And it was it was good, you know, we were all happy at the end of it. But 
that was that was one of my it was probably one of my most memorable matches in wrestling was you know was getting bitched at by Silver Tiger. It was amazing, you know, it was uh, un- unbelievably good, and it was it was an honor for me to be in the same ring and get yelled at by him for that matter. So it was not tape. Uh, I'm sure somewhere I'm sure somebody has it. I I, I don't tape anything. I don't, get, I don't get paid enough to get a video camera. You know, <laughs> I do was I do a lot of free shows. Nobody cares about me. What's that? Was it in the flea market? No, it wasn't. It was at um, this is in down this is down in San Diego in a place called Blancas Fiesta Hall, and uh, Lucha Libre International Independent was running at that time. And at the time, that was the biggest for a good probably good year. It was the biggest uh, Lucha Libre promotion really to run in our area. Very very successful. We had is that the one that brought in C- uh, Ray Senior and he was always on top. Yeah, yeah, that was us. <laughs> That was them. That was them. They brought in they brought in Ray Senior and Eho. Um they brought in Shocker, Mortiz, uh Psychosis, uh Real or Fake. A lot of people. A lot a lot the of real people. or fake one. Oh no, it was a real one. It was it was oh, okay. it was a real one. It was yeah. Nicho, it wasn't Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Nicho, yeah. The no. guy from AAA. Not the AAA psychosis, no, it was Nicho. Ugh. And who who's who's by the way, like the, the most soft spoken person I've ever met. Very, very calm, keeps to himself and uh, very docile. I, it was like it was it was kind of intimidating just how quiet he was because I thought he was going to blow up any second. But then when he gets out the, out the uh, out the curtain, he just starts throwing chairs and going crazy. And the promoter was talking to me before the show. He said, "I'm really nervous about about Nietzsche. I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, he's he's known to really beat the crap out of people and then throw and throw stuff and you know just tear up the venue." And I said, "Oh, let's see what he does." And sure enough, he did that, <laughs> which was awesome watching it because it wasn't my money he was wasting, you know. Uh, but it was it was fun, a lot of fun. Now all all the luchadors that I've met in the past, they've all been you know really really cool and like mellow. But I think they all smoke pot. But you know, I'm not I'm not gonna hate there. That, that, that very well uh, might be true. I, a lot, I'm sure a lot of wrestlers smoke pot, especially in the indie scene. But I'm, man, one of my biggest claims to fame was when Boss Mahoney hit me up for pot. I was ecstatic. I was like, oh my god, because I wore a I wore a, a, a hatchet man as a juggalo pennant for ICP. Um, and I guess I guess they're known as potheads. So he said, uh, "Oh wow, you're juggling. You gotta have pot." And I was like, "Yeah, all right, dude." And I kind of walked away. And he grabbed me by the arm. He's like, "No, seriously, man, you got sweet." I was like, "No, dude, I ain't got no pot for you." Huge pot off my balls. Yeah, <laughs> I was excited though. I was just like, it's "Balls! That's my favorite ECW guy." And, and then he hit me up for weed, and I just lost a ton of respect for him. But <laughs> which I thought was really funny. But um, yeah, you know, a lot of. I, I can't tell you how many shows I've been on. People just leave just with a cloud of smoke out their car, and you know that's, that's I guess There's that's what no they do for fun around here. There is no better painkiller. No, I'll bet not. I'll bet not. You know, I haven't haven't done it in eons. I was been the native the past seven years, so oh well, there you go. I've been kind of restricted, which is yeah, which is good right. for me because I'm already fat. So if I was smoked pot and I got the munchies, it'd be over. <laughs> It'd be done. Chime in any time, Alex. <laughs> there you go. It's a good interview. We call we call Alex good to go. He's, uh, it's all he ever says. It's all he ever says. He's in, in, the, the, in the Marine Corps, yeah. uh, we, we say good to go all the time. Good to go is just an acknowledgement of an order. And so I get to wrestling school, and then every time they tell me something, I just say good to go, good to go. Yeah. And then uh, they, they rip me on it. <laughs> We uh, what about everybody in the class? Excuse me. It's an exclusive here. We have uh, the the military outlook on pro wrestlers. 
Love it. Well, I mean, everybody in the class has a rip, you know. Like, there's a guy named Chris Disney, and then uh, we rip on him, calling him Disney, and then uh, his middle name is actually George du- George Washington, so we call him G-Dub now. <laughs> and uh, uh, who else? Uh, we, you know, everybody has a good rib about him. I can't think of any other right now, but that's, G-Dub is the most predominant. <laughs> that's something I, I really hold. I really hold dear to, to the school um, in San Diego because I mean, you know, I, I come from the from SAW up in Oceanside, and you know, it's just basically, you know, you you know, you do your thing and you go. Um, the school here, it, it's very family, or not family, but it's it's really just everybody really thinks of each other as relatives, and we got each other's backs all the time, and we go hang out with. I got people, I got students in my in my living room right now just watching TV. So I mean, you know, that's I think that's really good. That's why I like the idea of of new wave pro wrestling because it's not by far not going to be something you'd see at PWG. Or any of the bigger name indie promotions, you're not going to have incredibly great wrestling, but you will have, you know, you're going to have, you're going to be entertained one, and you're going to, you're going to be, you're going, you're going to be shown, you're going to be shown uh, actual wrestling by people who genuinely love, 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 love the business. That and your and, kids need the ring time. Yeah, well, you know that's what? It's, I mean, that's that's important. There. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it it'll happen. You know, it, it, every, everybody's still. Is somewhat fresh, and I wouldn't even say I, I hate the I hate the term green. I don't know why. I just I never liked the term because it really it has it's really negative to me. Um, so I mean, I'd say people are just somewhat still fresh in the business. But the people that are going out there, especially for the time they've had been training, it's only been about three four months. The a lot of these guys are just incredible, incredible. And what and, you know what you'll see is it's insane. I mean, it, it's you know it can only it can only show you that six months a year from now we're going to get big we're gonna get big we already have a little cult following going on following us around buying t-shirts and stuff like that so that's it's really hard. good it's awesome the, the sad thing about southern awesome. california wrestling is that uh pwg is the predominant one out here but i mean they use so many outside talent now which is there's nothing wrong with that you know you gotta you gotta do your thing but i mean socal talent really isn't getting anywhere to really uh showcase themselves you know and then uh new waves come along and then uh so, hello? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. I think there's clicking sounds. But uh, SoCal Pro and then uh, LOI, Lucha, and this is all just in the San Diego County. And, I mean, uh, you know, if you, if you love wrestling or whatever, and you know, just support those promotions, you, you know. I mean, continue to support PWG, you know, because uh, I do. But, I mean, uh, also check out some other indies, you know, people just trying to break in, people, uh, you know, just busting their ass loving the business, you know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, PWG is, I think, is um, is incredible with what they do. Um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of their talent doesn't is not even really from here. It's a lot of them from ROH and things. I mean, I was I was at Bolo Seven. I saw the I saw you know they flew in the ref for Christ's sake. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, and that's 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 no joke. You know, that's 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 honest to God. You know, they flew in the ref. You know, and it, which is character though. Which is you know it's fine, but you know, it, at the same time, one I think one I think is kind of it's kind of taken away from the 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 talent here in SoCal and and two it's really I think it's wasting unnecessary money because people people like PWG regardless I don't even really think would, they need I to bring I would rather have Jesse Hernandez ROH. referee instead <laughs> I like Jesse he, he was a hell of a referee when I was growing up when WWF would come up here for those you know five hour marathon TV tapings or whatever right. for the house shows he would always come up and be a referee and you know he'd be solid and never out of place never you know he was always there. Jesse Hernandez no, is overall a really good guy. Well, if Roman breaks the rope, you gotta you gotta have Jesse in the back to repair it. 
Yeah, yeah. If you break the rope the very first match, then yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I was at Justice School for a while too. Um, great guy. I, I just I can't do it because I can't. I just can't make the drive all the time. But uh, at, well, that, who, I mean, it's unbelievable what he knows. I mean, he's just who is, so who is Jesse spit out? What, what do you mean? Uh, well, who's he put out? Oh, who's he, who's he put out? Well, wait a minute. Okay, didn't Daniel start in Chicago and then come out here? Well, I mean, a lot. Of, I don't know if any guys that he put out himself, but I know everybody's been through there. I mean, uh, everybody's been through. Melissa was too. there. Uh, well, uh, what's it? Um, uh, Molina was there, right? Molina came out of yeah. Molina was there. Um, Rico came out of his school. Yep. Uh, Ariel. Count Count Black Star or Count Count Black Star? See, she said Ariel. I said Ariel Star. Uh, Count Black Pearl came out of there, who uh, who was real big over in Italy, who's now coming back over here. Um, Alex Kovlov, who's blown up in Mexico. Oh, uh, man, that guy's all over the place, didn't he? Actually, he started a month after uh, my other trainer, Ryan Stone. He said he did a uh, Asai Moonsault his first day. <laughs> That's incredible. Kovlov <laughs> is talented. That kid can go. He's amazing. He's amazing, and he, yeah. has, he has incredible psychology, which is something that's very, very rare. And you can always tell something that comes out of a school like Jesse Hernandez's school, they're going to know psychology. Rick Drayson's school, they're going to know psychology. I can't speak for everybody else's school, but um, psychology is something that's so lost in wrestling today. And, and to me, when I watch a when I watch a match, I don't want to see a whole bunch of I don't want to see a spot fest. I want to see a match make sense, and I want to I'll, I really I really want to be entertained as far as the story goes. And and that's that's something that Jesse really um, really pushes, which I think is awesome. After going to the WWE shows this weekend, you can just see how far psychology is going. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that the uh, entire audience didn't hear Alex over there freaking talking, like yelling, literally screaming, like religiously at these at these wrestlers who are trying to put on a show. Just terrible. Oh, it's terrible! You screwed up that up and everything else. And he was passionate about it. He was very, he was very passionate about it. He, you know, he yelling at some dude who's wearing. Uh, Sneakers instead of boots and whatnot. Is I mean, that I, Cena? No, yeah, no, wasn't there. No, no, um, I Cena. I, I, I met him too. I met him too. Um, and it's that you know, it, it, you know, a lot of people have their thoughts about John Cena simply because you know of what he did in WWE. But I can tell you personally, I met him. I didn't. I thought he was a complete dick. I, mean, <laughs> I, I met him at the, I met him at Gold's Gym, um, and at the time he was the he was prototype and. Uh, and he was just doing his thing. He was he was just came into the gym, and I was excited because I saw him a few weeks earlier, probably at the Roxy. And I said, "Oh my God, you're you know you're the prototype, right? You're the prototype. I you know I'm starting to train here too." He's like, "Yeah, okay, sure, uh huh." Real dickhead. And he was I think he was he was real cocky back then, so I hate to really see him now. You know. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I don't. I think he's a he's a decent worker, um, but has a very poor attitude and got an incredibly unnecessary push. People like I think people like Kennedy should be. Really, where he is, you know, not minus the injury. I'm not well, a fan of Kennedy. I, I follow him. <laughs> I follow Kennedy all the way up from his Wisconsin Indies all the way to OVW and all the way up, mm-hmm. and you can see the progression from Ken, and it's just totally amazing. And he's just below that cusp to breaking through, but I don't know if he's going to because I don't know. He's hit and miss with his matches. Well, I, mean, I think the, the the major problem is too is uh, I, I think he he got a little discouraged because they were pushing him for a good long time, um, but the whole Vince McMahon son thing and and whatnot. From my I think from my understanding, I don't really follow it all that much, but I think he got suspended um, for for uh, 
steroid abuse right before they had the results of the whole Sun thing, which is why he wasn't in Green Bay. I, I don't even know exactly the whole story, but um, because of, and ever, ever since then, I think he's really dropped because um, they, they just dropped the push. And I'm, I don't blame him. It's back, devastating. He did three straight, three straight clean jobs on Raw, and that kind of derails your push. So yeah. now, you know, they're putting him in the semis with uh, with Jeff Hardy, which is, you know, more power to Jeff, man. The kid deserves it. But hopefully Kennedy can break through because he's got the mouth, he's got the charisma, he's going to be a hell of a babyface when he turns. Oh, I said, you know, I said it from the the first day. For the first couple of days that, that he was there, really establishing a, the character, I said that by by next WrestleMania, that that dude will be the champion, guaranteed. I think it'll still happen, honestly. I, I think he'll he'll still get it. And it, it, unlike John Cena, he's not going to be the champion that people just slowly start hating, and then all of a sudden, like half the crowd really just dislikes you, even though you're the hugest market right now in wrestling. Um, people generally I, will like will like him, just like The Rock. I think he's he's a reincarnation of The Rock, in my opinion. Incredible, incredible mouth. Works really good in the in the in the ring, for for the most part, um, and just and and just has a and just has the the whole character that people can't help but really either love or love to hate, which is great for him. Yeah, I, I think that Cena needs a big big heel turn, a big heel run, and then when he eventually turns face again, he'll be he'll be ready because he 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 just like coasts through his matches. Coast through his promos, it's just like I'm I'm riding a bike. I'm riding a bike. I'm riding a bike. <laughs> and good way to look at it. <laughs> but you know he needs that big turn, and and he's ripe for a turn when he comes back. Yeah. Maybe they could maybe they do a double switch with him and Kennedy. That may work. That'd be cool. Like that. Like they did with good. Austin and Brett in at uh, Mania 13. Maybe something like that. It may work. May not be. But this is armchair booking. So. Who the yeah. fuck am I? I'm just a podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know, everybody, everybody's, everybody's opinion is John Cena. You know, kind of varies, and and the the, the thing is, you just really can't have. Like, and I think in these days, anyway, you really can't have like a tweener. You can't just have somebody that's loved by some people and absolutely hated by others. And it worked great with Bret Hart when he was doing it because you know he was in different countries, and that's the reason why. But there's no real reason for people to hate John Cena at this point. So when he comes out and, and people are booing him, and that's genuine. It's not. It's not like it's 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 heat. He's getting real legit heat from people because people don't like him. So I mean, you have to have a reason for people not to like you. So if he turned, then he would get the rest of the people that are actually on his side against him, and that would make sense. And guaranteed, if he turned, he'd probably be one of the most over heels in the history of wrestling. I loved his original heel, heel gimmick when he was feuding with the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> that's why I swear, right? John Cena love. Oh, he was awesome. Then he rapped. Oh, that stuff was great. I heard. I was talking to I was talking to Rikishi one time. Rikishi was telling me he was the one who, who uh, convinced him to start spitting out his his flows and stuff at the at shows because he just because from what I from what I heard is when when John Cena first got there, I guess he was just so nervous. All he did was like sit on like buses and stuff and just just rap to himself. And Rikishi is actually the one who told him said you know start start spitting that stuff off to McMahon and he's the one who told him to do a little. He used to pump his you know his LA pumps or whatever right before he, you know he'd do a move and. You know, which is really good stuff. That was good stuff, and that all came from a veteran. And that was the problem with Cena. He got pushed way too young. And it would be one thing if he came from a big old family of wrestlers that had a name for themselves and whatnot, knew what they were doing, but he didn't. You know, I think that's another classic example of somebody who came into wrestling for the money and, uh, you know, or the fame. 
and did what he did. Just like the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we saw what happened with him. You know, years later, years from now, we're going to see like a self destruction of John Cena DVD. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, that'd be nice. You never know. It'd be interesting. But yeah, right now I'm watching uh, arrogance against the Muscle Outlaws. Back to back to SoCal and everything. Uh, even though John Cena came from SoCal, but uh, watching uh, arrogance against the Muscle Outlaws, and then uh, you know, I mean, PWG. I mean, for the for the SoCal guys that they do have, you know, they're getting them a world of experience because in no other promotion would. Chris Bosch and Scott Loft ever wrestle anywhere near the town of uh, Naruki Doi and uh, Yoshino. So, I mean, it's a real good opportunity for these guys, you know, uh, wrestling all these Japanese guys and uh, who are uh, European guys and, uh, you know, giving all these people uh, time and giving all these people people to wrestle so they can develop, you know. But, yeah. I mean, uh, you don't really see Chris Bosch and Scott Loft on too many other indie shows, you know. That's all I'm saying, you know. They don't really go out and, you know, whatever reason. Really they may have their personal reason. You got to give it to Joey, Joey Ryan. He's all over the place. You Joey know. Ryan has broken out, and uh, Joey Ryan has broken out, but too many of them haven't really broken out. Yeah, well, well, Dragon did. You know what? But that's one thing that PW, in my opinion, PWG was really was really kind of homegrown its own its own guys that were really that was really signature to PWG. If PWG kept on doing that, it'd probably be. A hell of a lot richer because they wouldn't have to pay all the money. They wouldn't have to pay all the money out to all their people. I mean, if they just did shows, say with like Chris Bosch, uh, Scott Lost, Joey Ryan, um, even El Generico, you know, because I mean, he was he was you know he was pretty synonymous with PWG as well. Um, the rich they, with Kevin <laughs> they kept on they kept on doing shows with them, and my in my opinion, they'd be they'd be just as just as far along if not further, and wouldn't have to pay out all the money for everybody. They were they had they they were great. The, the characters were great. Bosch was hysterical, and you know Joey Ryan always did his thing and and whatnot. And who's one of the Joey nicest Ryan's guys ever right, met too? Dude. Joey Ryan's cool. Hey. He's an incredible he worker. He's an incredible worker. He and it, what, what, this is the only unfortunate thing about his gimmick that I don't like is I think since he's gotten the gimmick, he's kind of toned down the wrestling. A lot of it is a lot of the the wrestling is a lot of comedy spots, which is great, which is really phenomenal. But it's unfortunate because Joey Ryan has so much to offer actual wrestling. And I, I think that's the only reason, well, that in his size, that he's not really used by the WWE. He's not well contracted anyway. Because he's, he just, if, he, if he actually did the actual wrestling as, a, as, far as, the, uh, as opposed to the actual uh, character so much, he'd get a lot further. But, you know, he does what he does, which is really great and entertaining to the rest of us. So I'm appreciative of it. <laughs> Um, I do want to put over a match that I watched this morning. Uh, this year's Ted Betty from IWA Mid-South. Chris Hero and Scorpio, they tore it down in the first round. Old man Scorpio kept up with, with uh, Chris Hero. Good stuff. One of my picks for match of the year. <clears throat> and I'm really, really tough to, to uh, impress. But you guys need to go out of your way to see this year's Ted Betty. Uh, you can get that at www.smartmarkvideo.com. How's that for a hard plug? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's one off. Yeah. Hey, you got to support all your indies, man. No, absolutely, absolutely. Everything but watch this. Everything but APW. We don't need to. We don't need to help uh, Roland pay off his uh, his uh, judgment. That's some legitimate heat right there. That's that's, that's good. You keep on, hopefully, one day he'll call in. <laughs> I do have a call number here or something. He's gonna find out about y'all. Be careful. 
Oh, but what's uh, he going to do? Get Kali a power bomb me? <laughs> oh, but you know I, I I agree. The independence is really where it's at. I, you know the WWE's done what it's done, and all power to them. God bless them. But uh, the independence is really where you see. I think the better wrestling, the better characters, the overall it's just it's because of, it's because it's a passion. You, it has to be a passion because they're not getting paid nothing. Yeah. Uh, the guy the guys that are getting paid, you know, unless you're people that are brought in from ROH and whatnot. I mean, they're getting paid next to nothing to do you know, harm to their bodies and, and entertain the crap out of people. And that's what they do. And they're real good at it. And that's, that's why I love the indies. I mean, it's because it, it, it still means something. It, it doesn't mean anything anymore in the WWE. They do their they do their five-minute matches on Raw, get in, get out, push the storyline to push money for the next pay-per-view, and that's about it. And you can tell it's much more of a business aspect. And I like feeling like I'm actually part of the show. I'm actually getting what I want, as opposed to getting what they want to sell the public. Which is good. I, I think the Indies, you know, Indies is is uh, incredible. I'll never go back to another WWE show and, and think the same thing ever. And that was after my first UPW show because it's just not as good anymore. WWE has its stars, and that's about it. Their actual wrestling is next to <laughs> next to nothing great, in my opinion. ROH reminds me a lot of an early WWE without all the money because ROH has really taken all the top indie guys from around the country. They've done that from the first show when they booked. American Dragon and uh, Christopher Daniels in the first main event. And so now they've made stars out of so many people who were just, you know, the local local star, and they put them on the bigger stage, which is Ring of Honor. And, I mean, they took a Davey Richards from California, Roderick Strong from Florida, Brian Danielson from wherever he was at that time, and uh, they put them on, you know, a bigger scene, you know. And, uh, and only they had a little bit of money, you know. It's kind of scary what they might become, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's just so, getting, um, it's getting there, man. It's, <laughs> it's up on the horizon. Out of the indie guys that you've seen in the past, I mean, just in general, who are the most underrated? Underrated? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, um, I think Scott Loss really needs to work a lot more. Um, uh, they're, they're not really booking him much. Not really a whole lot anyway. Uh, but the problem with holding him back is he's got no real charisma. He doesn't really know how to work a crowd. Um, so I would definitely, I'd probably put him on the on the rate uh, on the the roster as underrated. Um, I think uh, Human Tornado is, is is getting his pushes, but uh, I think they're pushing him the wrong way. So I think he's actually losing a little bit of a little bit of credibility with him doing his little heel thing, which is actually really funny. But at the same time, uh, he's not really getting. He's not getting old. He's not getting anything really big because he's not the face. He has a he has a he has the whole character as a face, and I think he's really terrible as a heel. Um, so, in in my opinion, that in that case, it causes him to be underrated because people don't really aren't so much caring about him no more. Um, let's see, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys in in, in uh, down here in SoCal Pro who are underrated. Uh, SoCal Crazy, who is uh, insane. He's he's so good, and a lot of people just haven't even heard of this guy. Because um, primarily he works like a lot of Lucha, but even a lot of Lucha guys haven't even heard of him. Um, very underrated, incredibly underrated. So I mean, I, anybody who's actually listening to this and wants to book shows, please book SoCal Crazy. <laughs> I, I need to see him on other shows. It's incredible. Him, uh, Matt Twisted, who's another guy down here, um, from San Diego, who's insane, incredibly good. Um, but he doesn't get really the respect he deserves. Uh, oh boy, man, there's so many. <laughs> I'll throw this one out here, uh, Ariel Starr. He's a, he's a guy currently uh, attending classes every once in a while, and he's worked for Saw 
And uh, I, just, I think he's a guy that if he just worked some really good guys on a regular basis, I think he could really be something. He's very agile, and uh, he's got a he's got a pretty good sense of how things are supposed to go. But, I mean, it's like he's never worked, you know. If he could just work a lot of better guys, if he could work on a consistent basis, I'll say that, I think he'd be a lot better. And he's really young. He's only 21 years old. So, I mean, uh, you know, he's got a real bright future. He's already been working for about two years, I think, so. Yeah, uh, you know that, that's that's one good thing too about that I really like about I really like down here about new wave shows is because they actually book these people who are are otherwise really not heard, heard or seen by anybody. But but in new wave they're developing a little bit of a following. Uh, Ariel Starr, Matt Twisted, uh, Anchors Away, which I'm very grateful about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> SoCal Crazy, Chris Moreno, who's insanely good, um, has incredible uh, character to him. Uh, Shinpero, who you know, these are people that you probably never heard of, and they're and they're insane. They're great. They're they're fabulous guys, and and unfortunately, they just they're just not getting anywhere. And it's hard to be it's hard to be from San Diego and actually get somewhere. And B boy, that's why I think like B boy is like so so well respected because he came out of San Diego. And him and him, Scott Lost, um, so maybe Jason Allgood. That's really all I could think about. <laughs> and the Indies is actually really you know. Came out, came out from here and done something good because there's no scene down here, and that's the problem. Is there's nothing down here that's that's, that's really running a consistent basis instead of uh, except for SoCal Pro and SoCal Pro, just like New Wave Pro Wrestling, is a is a baby company. So they're still kind of building their stuff up. But even SoCal Pro, for the most part, uses guys from LA. Um, that's, that's the problem. Is because San Diego has so much to offer, and, and you want to talk about underrated people. There are a dozen and a half I could probably name that are only from here. They're just from here, and, and they're not seen anywhere else. So that's why when I, when I encourage people to come to the, to the shows and everything, it's, it's really for very unselfish reasons. I, I want these guys to really get out there. I, I want people to see them because San Diego can be a huge, huge dot on the map if, uh, if these guys were just seen more often. So and there's, a, there's a lot of bad shows down here as well that uh, predominantly use, uh, they use guys who are, they know are going to draw their friends. And uh, usually those guys are in the main events of those shows. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say those those shows give a bad name to anybody because those shows aren't attended by anybody, but that's not a real good place, you know, to go out and work, you know. And um, that's what I like about SoCal Pro and New Wave is that, uh, you know, those are those are real wrestling shows for, uh, you know, real wrestling fans. You can go out and have a good time. I went to PWG shows predominantly for about six or eight months before I even heard about the San Diego scene. I'm from San Diego. And uh, once I started going to SoCal Pro shows, and uh, I've not been to a New Wave show yet, but I know it's going to be a good time. I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm booked on the show, but, I mean, these shows are really good shows. And uh, I, sometimes I get a bad taste in my mouth when I go to a PWG show because I feel they're just out there having matches for the sake of having matches. But SoCal Pro actually has storylines that, you know, you can follow and get into and, uh, you know, and enjoy the shows. And there needs to be more promotions like that down here in San Diego, but, I mean, for the two that we got, New Wave and uh, SoCal Pro, I mean, I definitely think something can be started in San Diego. I was talking to a promoter actually on Tuesday who said that when CCW died that uh, they didn't believe that another uh, promotion could ever uh, be as big as what CCW was here in San Diego for a number of reasons, and I thoroughly disagree with that. I think that uh, SoCal Pro and New Wave are definitely going to show the uh, SoCal, the San Diego promoters that, you know, they were wrong. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I you know. I, I put that on everything. I just, that's the absolute truth, and I can only say to people people in LA who only go to the LA scene, I say give us you know give us the chance that we gave 
that we came to y'all, you know, come down here for just once and, and, and see a show. I mean, it's an incredibly different experience, but it's good. It's good wrestling. It's good people. It's good entertainment. It's all, you know, it, it's it's nice stuff. And, yeah, and like like Alex was saying, there are, there are a couple companies down here who did shows, who do shows strictly for the benefit of it, strictly for the money profit. And, and people say, well, they'll book their, their friends. I mean, they're... There's a there's a major promotion in LA who does the exact same thing. And I'm not gonna put nobody on a blast, but you know, they, they do this exact same thing. Their their location and their and one of their guys is specifically just because they know it's gonna draw fans. And they're not even real fans, they're just friends of the of the of the, the worker. That that's not a show. That's not you know, it, it, that's not that's not genuine that's not genuine uh it's not it's not you genuinely wanting to do a show. Because all you want to do is genuinely make money. And making you know, business you know, you have to understand is Wrestling, there's 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 money to be made in the business. However, if if you get into wrestling to make money, you're in the wrong business because you're going to put on crap shows. You're going to put on shows that don't mean nothing to anybody, and you're going to have a few wrestling fans in the audience, and everybody else is going to be straight up friends and family of the people. But you don't care because you got their ten dollars for the seat. That's all that matters to you. And then you're going to stiff your workers. You're not going to pay your workers. It doesn't matter because they'll come back. They they're hungry for work, and that's unfortunate. You know, that's just the way it is. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of it is down here because people, people are starting to catch on. There's nothing down here, so well, I'll do it. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these guys I've never heard of. Well, he came from the backyard. He'll want to work. I can go ahead and promise him a shot in WWE, and they'll do that. And they'll bring him in, and they'll make him bust his ass for 15 minutes or whatever. And he doesn't know anything. Chances are real good he can get hurt. And then afterwards, not even going to pay him for his troubles. And they'll pitch off something to the community saying, "Well, this is a, a free show, or this is a benefit for something," and then end up stiffing everybody. You know, it's it's it sucks. It's unfortunate, and, and you know, and hearing from from, we were at a show the other night, and the promoter was talking, mad trash to the, about the promoter of New Wave, saying that that this person, uh, the, the the venue that they were that were that were going out at in, in this Saturday, that he got the venue for free and pocketed all the money, the ticket money, and that's absurd. That's ridiculous, and it's disgusting because even here in San Diego, we said, well, the. Uh, the money isn't even important. You, you come in, you bring a donation, a canned goods, water, or something like that, blankets, pillows, and, and we'll donate it to the Wildfire Foundation. And that will be your admission. And what the hell am I going to do with a blanket and a pillow? You know? <laughs> somebody else, you know? Good point. You know what I'm saying? There's no profit to be made. And, and you know, that's, that's when you really get your good shows. That's when you get people that actually know, you actually know you're going you're gonna to go see people that love to do it. And, and that's all they want to do. And they can give... They can give you know uh, two bottles of piss about the, the the paycheck they get. They want to do it because they want to show everybody. Well, hey, look, this is something I want to do. And yeah, they bring in their friends and family, and their friends and family enjoy the show and everything. But the major majority of the show, or the audience, is all wrestling fans who really, really grew up with, say, like WWE in the old days in the eighties and nineties and stuff. I miss that stuff. That was good stuff. That was when the WWE really cared about the product they were putting on, instead of well, what really sells the most. You know what, what? What really? What really puts the the asses in the seats? And 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 who? What really? What really uh, do people want to buy? You know that's why they have their you know, the diva search and everything else. The sex sells. And honestly, that's not wrestling. That's that's disrespectful. Because actual wrestling, you know, you got to figure people that would that that were in this business years and years ago in the freaking carnival tents weren't getting paid much, and they were doing it because they loved the sport. And, and and people genuinely loved and or hated these people. And that was that's a great feeling to walk out there and know that you have everybody in the, in the palm of your hands, and all you got to do is say one little thing to either make them cheer or boo you in like an insane way is an incredible feeling. 
And promoters who, who just put on shows to make money could give two craps about it. They don't care about that feeling that you get. All they want is for you to, to, to do your match. Who cares if it's good or bad because you're there, you got the money. And, and, and they're going to they're gonna go ahead and put it in their pockets and or do another show. And that's, you know, I don't want to get a huge rant about it. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> I'm, very, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very passionate about the, uh, the way wrestling has gone, especially in the indie scene. So if anything I could say is that's what's really good about the San Diego scene because we're still young. We're still babies. We don't know anything about making a whole lot of money. And we, you know, we're at the stage really still that we don't want to know. We just want to do shows. We just want to, you know, if, if venues were free, if free, if rings were free, if, if wrestlers were free, we'd do the whole show for free. But they're not. We've got to make up our money and costs and whatnot and, and everything else. And that's why, you know, that's why promoters charge down here. But, you know, I've talked to many promoters that, all, you know, that would run up and down L.A., San Diego, and said, well, just do a free show because they have their own ring, they have their own talent of people, which is great, which is awesome. I think it's, it's phenomenal to do it just because you love to do it. And it's very lost on some people now. And especially, like, the, like I said, the show I went to the other night, it was just, it was god-awful. It was god-awful and run by people who, honestly, just want to make the quick buck and look good and say, well, this is a benefit show. It's not a benefit show. We know damn well it's not a benefit show. You know, who's going to pay money? Why would, you, why would you ask people to pay money for a wrestling show when they could just pay that money to the, Wildlife Foundation, or the Wildfire Foundation anyway? We'll come to the show. We'll give, we'll give them the money. Sure you will. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Well, people need to go out of their way just to, just to support indies. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story. Out <clears throat> out here in '97, I think it was March '97. I was surfing the internet and I just hit in pro wrestling, and it popped up with all pro wrestling up here, Roland Alexander's company. And uh, they that was when they had Manny Fernandez as their head trainer. And I figured, oh, what the hell, man? Manny's a name. I remember him from the 80s. So I went and I checked out one of their Jim War shows, and I was hooked. That was it. I mean, I, I got to see Vic Grimes before he got big, uh, Aaron O'Grady, also known as Crash Holly, before he got big, uh, Donovan Morgan, Michael Modest of Noah. And I still, to this day, to this day will stand by this, Michael Modest is the best indie heel on the microphone I've ever and I'm a tape trader. I've seen, you know, Indies from all over North America. And I still, with the exception of probably Chris Hero, will say that Michael Modest is the best heel in the ring and on the stick. And he never really got a fair shake with WCW or, or WWE. He had a couple tryout matches and a couple, uh, you know, uh, job matches and whatnot. But he did, he did get his run in Noah. He got to work in the in the Tokyo Dome for Noah, and now he's happily retired, living up in far northern California in Reading. And I'm trying to get in contact with Mike because I would love to do an interview with him, but he just wants nothing to do with the business anymore. Since the whole Chris Ong thing and and the All Pro School went down, he just it sickened him, and he retired, and he's just happy, you know, knowing that he worked in the dome. But yeah, you guys. Out there listening, you got to check out your indies because you never know who you're going to see. Yeah. Really. I, I mean, I saw, I saw Crash, Crash and Grimes before they they had their trial match. Uh, let me see the date, July 17th, if I remember right, in '97. The, they had a Falls County Square match in, in the uh, industrial part of Hayward, 
and they called the match the car shot heard around the world because uh, Crash hit Grimes with his car, which was insane. I mean, they were all over the place, and that match got put on a tape and sent to Cornette up in WWF, and then they had a tryout match for a, for a Raw up in Davis by Sacramento, and they were offered their developmental contracts on the spot nice. right when they came back through the curtain. And that's a shoot. I mean, that's a shoot. <clears throat> so you never know who you're going to see in that local gym, in that local armory. Yeah, that's true. That's uh, you know, I guess I was I was ecstatic. The other, I didn't even know he was going to be there. I was ecstatic when I saw the when I saw uh, Chaos up in uh, at, at WWE at the uh, the Raw that just passed. I was it was insane. That was, that was a good feeling because Chaos is more. I think you want to talk underrated. Chaos is, uh, that he needs to he needs to get a contract. He's incredible. He's so good. He's so good, and uh, you know it's it, it's good to, to know that you're actually working shows with these people. Like you know, when, even when John Cena was getting his push, I mean, I even say, well, yeah, I worked shows with John Cena, and I did, you know, I worked, you know, but I, you know, that's not something I'm very proud of, you know, because nobody likes John Cena, but, but it's still, I mean, it's it's still it's still a big deal to know that that you saw these people before they got all blown up and 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 real big with people, and you know, the the and and some of the people that were actually like really struggling in the Indies are the people that'll come back and try to help out everybody else, like in the Indies, like Rikishi was, and like so cool. When I I did a he did a couple of training sessions over at Rick Trace and I was trained by him, and that, that's the most down to earth person I've ever met. He's so he's so calm and collected and, and he's he's so respectful to everybody, and that's something you really don't see anymore in the <laughs> whole profession. So that's what's really good about the Indies too is you're going to meet a lot of people that that really that really have a good head on their shoulders because they they just want to work. They they still in that wrestling stage where they just want to wrestle. So it's good. Yeah, time. those are uh, those people. Those people that, that are fans that go out and, and watch these indies, they need to talk to the guys in the parking lot. You know, there are a lot of talented uh, DVD makers out there that can put, you know, comps together for these guys to give out to promoters and whatnot. It, <clears throat> you know, any little bit helps these guys. Get them booked anywhere else. You know, spread the word. Go to Raw. Hold up a damn sign. I mean, <clears throat> I, I had a sign. It was... Uh, Late August of '97. Um, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Taka Michinoku's match with Daniels. Mm. Do you remember seeing that on Shotgun? Uh, I heard about seven. it. I don't okay, know. yeah, that that was in San Jose, and the first dark match was Donovan Morgan and Mike Modest. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I held up a sign. I got two words for you: sign Modest. <laughs> you see, I managed to get a hold of the dark match tape. And I gave it to Mike, and Mike popped it in, and he's all, dude, I didn't see the sign, but uh, you're over in my book. <laughs> so anything, any signs, anything to get, you know, your website pushed, your promotion pushed, you pushed, it doesn't matter. Everybody deserves to work. And not just in ROH, and not just PWG or, you know, the bigger name indies. I mean, Jesus, I wish I had an indie here to go to. There ain't shit here. The last time I went to... The last show I went to was fucking Masawa at Pro Wrestling Iron in 05. Oh, shit, and man. He, he, and give, he give me a venue. I'll come over there. He drew 350. Oh, God, dear. Masawa wow. drew 350 to a fucking high school with the SATs on the show, with Nigel on the show, BJ Whitmer, Bison Smith. They drew 350. And I wow. didn't see one flyer. <laughs> I didn't see one flyer for Masawa. 
I have to say, since I've I've only been training for three months, but I've I've, I've only met you know a, a handful of real dickheads. But everyone I met's been really really cool. Uh, actually, we took a, I took a trip with Anchors Away to Arizona a couple months ago, and uh, most of the guys we met in the locker room, with one one notable exception, everyone was really cool. There was one uh, guy who had just got signed back with WWE, and uh, he wasn't particularly nice to us. But uh, everyone else was really nice, and. Uh, Night three of bowl, I actually had the opportunity to drive Tyler Black to the hotel, and then uh, I told him I was training, and then uh, he gave me some real pointers on psychology, and then uh, every time I run the tornado, he remembers that I'm training, and uh, he he always has real good words for me. So, I mean, uh, you know, everyone's... I I need to know. I need to know about tornado. Is he as goofy outside the ring as he is in? Tornado? Yeah. If he's he's high, he's really goofy, but if he's uh, sober... He's uh he's, he's he's a really nice guy. He's really laid back. He's really cool. He's really easy to talk to. But when he's high, it's a different story. I've uh, actually I was at an epic show in the bathroom, waiting to waiting to use the bathroom, and a uh, tornado was really high and drunk. And then uh, me and him were laughing about a, a naked picture of a girl on the the bathroom wall, and we had a lot of we had like a five minute conversation about that picture and jokes and different things, and wonder if there was a naked man in the woman's bathroom and. I wonder who they got the model for that, and I wonder if there was actually a business of models for uh, naked pictures in bathrooms, and how we'd get into that business. And nice, tremendous, that's cool. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, I'm going to throw out some plugs for the weekend shows. Um, those of you that are in the Pennsylvania area, Scar is running a triple shot on uh, the 16th, which is I think it's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. They'll be in Reading, PA, with Battle of Who Could Care Less. And then in Hellertown on the 17th, the sordid perils of everyday existence. God, where do they get these names? <laughs> and and in Philadelphia, November 18th at the New Alhambra, ECW Arena, Chapter 11. Um, there'll be a special DVD taping there with Mr. Uh, Larry Sweeney taking on everybody's favorite Mexican, Brian Alvarez. Go out, I'll be there. remember the Empire, support Mr. Alvarez. I'll be there in attendance, so uh, if you want to say hey to me, I'll be there with uh, a couple of guys from the board and uh, come, you know, say hey, what's up, you know. Everyone I've met from the board is real cool, and then uh, imagine you have people listening to the website that are on the board. Hopefully they'll be cool too, so uh, just come say oh, hey or whatever. You're going out for the death tour? What what stops are you stopping on? Oh, I'm just I'm just going to the November 18th uh, Chikora show. Actually, November 17th, SoCal Pro's running here. Uh, some changes happened to the Korosovsky. Romero isn't happening, but Frankie Kazarian, Romero's happening. Never seen the match, but I imagine it's going to be a really good match. And uh, and then the 18th, I'll be at uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Chikara show. And uh, I'll let everyone in class know and everyone that I talk to know that I'll be in Philadelphia in the ECW arena at a Chikara show. And yeah, everyone, yeah we, uh, we all appreciate bring that. Bring your Thank flyers, you. man. Bring your flyers. Yeah, everyone everyone loves it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chikara has been doing a lot better in that ECW arena. The first couple of DVDs I saw, they weren't drawing too well, maybe about 200. I noticed they had a lot of turned out. But now they're actually, uh, I got the King of Trios and the Cibernetico in. They're doing real well in the arena now. That's real good for them because, I mean, uh, I was telling uh, David E. Jones the other day about uh, Chikara and New Way, they have a lot of the same philosophies. Chikara still to this day mainly books students. Uh, the, the, uh, one of the big matches on that show is Hallow Wicked against Eddie Kingston over who was the number one student to ever come out of the Chikara school. Both those guys were uh, trained in Chikara school, and even Larry Sweeney was trained at the Chikara school. And uh, that's, that's really good, you know. I mean, uh, they're keeping their students booked, you know, on the shows, and then uh, 
they're expanding and, you know, they bring guys in to work with the students and uh, that's a real good philosophy to have, you know. That's a, that's a real good way to become successful, you know. Yeah, if, if you are in, uh, in the East Coast in the Philly area, uh, I don't want to, okay, either the ROH school because Delirious is a hell of a trainer, but also the Chicago Pro uh, school. I mean, come on, you get trained by Chris Hero, Mike Quackenbush. You can't get any better than that. Hustle and Hero, as I like to call him. Hero, he's the king of the merchandise table, but I mean... Uh, yeah, no shitty. Uh, uh, ROH, I mean, ROH, I mean, I imagine they have a real great school, but I mean, no, no this on them, but Chikara has put out a lot of really talented guys. I mean, they put out Sweeney, Halla Wicked, Eddie Kingston, and I mean, just those three names alone, they work completely different styles, so they're not putting out cookie-cutter guys, you know, and I mean, that's a real... That's a real uh, positive of a school, you know. If they're putting out guys who work different styles and who, who all work really well, I mean, that's a, that's a real good thing, you know. Uh, another cheap plug, uh, Chikara fans. Dan, I hope you're listening, brother. www.chikarafans.com. Uh, support Chikara. I am Dan. a proud member of the uh, the Army, so <laughs> Dan's a really good guy. Dan uh, lives in Europe. For uh, those of you who don't know, and uh, Dan created uh, ChikaraFans.com as a you know a subset another website for Chikara. I tried to say a word I didn't know how to say, but uh, uh, Dan, who lives in Europe, supports all of the American Indies. I mean, he uh, puts up reviews of a lot of American Indie shows, and I mean, uh, Dan's a really good guy. And uh, unfortunately, he doesn't live in America, but I mean, uh, he uh, supports all American Indies. You know, I mean, he support people by coming if he could, but Dan's a really good guy. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. He's also doing the podcast over there for Chikara fans, and they're um, they're just starting out, you know, and they're just uh, reviewing shows and whatnot and getting stuff together. But uh, you know, you got to be doing okay if if Quack puts you over on a on a on a uh, IWA Mid South DVD. He he put uh, Chikara fans over on the the Ted Petty DVDs. And I was oh wow! When I heard it, I was like, okay, that's it, Dan. You're here, brother. I'm it. trying to recruit Dan and uh, get Anchors Away booked in uh, Chikara 2008. That's, yeah, uh, if anybody's listening, you know, Anchors Away, Chikara, <laughs> you know, you know, we're your guys. We got to, yeah. Uh, we do Lucha, we do Big Man. We have like, <laughs> 230, I don't want to put him on blast like that. <laughs> we got we, we got a call from somebody who wanted to work the show. Um, I'm not going to say who it was, but it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty good name. And uh, it sounded like he was really hungry for work. <laughs> It was a really unfortunate. It was kind of like an inside joke. I'm not even going to say his name over here, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was really it's like ever since then. Every time we want to work a show, you know, we're talking to promoters like, "Come on, I'm your man. 237 pounds. You know, I do this, this, that. Come on, let's do this. Let's make this happen, baby." <laughs> but uh, that's the one, new wave uh, for this November 10th show. They've been getting a lot of calls from a lot of SoCal talent, a lot yeah. of big names too to work. A lot, the yeah, show a, lot, and, uh, a lot of names always asking asking us to, uh, asking the the whole new wave roster really you know how do we get on the show and whatnot and and the, the the thing i really like about this is it's mainly students this is the first time this has ever happened with with new wave because everybody else they always brought in like the main events have always been like like the first main event was uh frank kazarian versus joey ryan versus b-boy which is like an incredible match and then i mean the second main event after that was scorpio sky and and chaos and then we had a then they had a title tournament with you know Supreme and Chaos, Joey Ryan, Carl Anderson. Uh, I mean, you name them, they were there at the show. And then and then uh, what I like about this one is it's actually going like really just it's mainly just like really about students. 
Um, so even when the people asked to to be on the show, like the bigger names, uh, it was just straight up said, like, look, no offense, but, you know, it's just kind of our guys. We're trying to get our guys over and see what we can do. Um, so hopefully, you know, for the love of God, hopefully it draws. <laughs> you know, hopefully and, uh, and, you know, we get a little bit of following. I don't want to set anybody up, but uh, B-Boy was supposed to be the head trainer of the New Wave School, and then uh, whatever happened with him, I thought it was an awesome opportunity to really get back to San Diego. But uh, SoCal Crazy's really stepped up along with David E. Jones and Ryan Stone, the two head trainers, but SoCal Crazy now does Fridays for a different feel, you know. These were predominantly Lucha shows, and then he just got back from uh, the Anoki whatever dojos up there in Los Angeles right now, whoever's running it. And uh, SoCal Crazy's really stepped up to give back, you know, and, uh, and it's really awesome, you know. I mean, I would have, you know, that's the, that was the selling point on a lot of guys, you know. Oh, B-Boy's going to be the head trainer. He's worked everybody, but, uh, you know, B-Boy didn't come through for whatever reasons. You know, you'd have to ask B-Boy, but, I mean, uh, I think the New Wave School is going really well, you know. I mean, I really think there's, there's a lot of kids in there, you know, who uh, love the business and who really, you know, if, uh, you know, it's all to themselves, but I mean, who could really be somebody, you know. You got Johnny Mahalo and uh, Rick, uh, Rick, uh, Rick Ellis and uh, there's a couple other guys, you know, who uh, really could be something, you know. They will be. They, they, they will be. Uh, for anybody, you know, anybody listening is skeptical, and, you know, all i, I got to say is, you know, just get a freaking can of tomatoes or something and bring it to the show, and that's your admission, so you're not really losing money. And come in and check out these guys, because, like I said, it's, it's a completely different feel, and these, these guys are guaranteed these guys are the next rising stars in SoCal. I mean, they're, they're so good. So, Tremendous. do your thing. Come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Jones, it's been a pleasure having you on. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for the Welcome time. Welcome to the Rubber Guard family. Oh, uh, thank you. I will definitely have you on again. Nice, uh, yes. Yeah, just, just let me know. I'm I'm here. <laughs> I got nothing to do. You know, my wife hates me. So, <laughs> she's with her boyfriend right now, so she's not here. So. Well, I wanted I wanted to get you on to to plug your show. I appreciate um, it very much. Thank you. Hopefully, very much. you guys uh, you guys draw well. I will do um, our best. And work 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 hard, but be safe. Bye. Right. We we much. don't need a bunch of Samoa Joes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's supposed to look real. Yeah. Well, well that, that's that's the core of the day right there. I'll go ahead and put it up on the site. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Real to me, damn it. Wait, no, <laughs> someone else said that. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you very much for Alrighty, your time. Brother. All right. Bye bye. All right, Alex. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Oh yeah. And uh, another thing. I mean, the uh, first day. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a member of the F4W site, you know. And then uh, I talked to Brian Alvarez and Buddy Wayne before I, I checked out the school about what things should I ask, you know. And then. Uh, so I went there knowing what I was getting into. You know, it was two indie guys who have only worked a, a select amount of shows, you know, and uh, not well-known. And uh, I was kind of hesitant getting into it. But the first day I met David E. Jones, uh, we sat down. I was helping him set up the ring. And uh, he was just an amazing individual. You know, if they interview didn't get it across, you know, I mean, uh, he's a really amazing individual who's got a real heart for this business. And uh, that first day I knew that this is what I, you know, if I wanted to be at school, this is it, you know. They weren't in there worried about the fi the finances. They weren't in there, you know. I wasn't just going to be just another student, you know. I mean, it's 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 so much like a family, you know. I mean, you're just not another name on the roster, you know. It's a personal connection they make with everyone, you know. And uh, it's it's a really awesome school, you know. I'm really happy with it, you know. Tremendous. Uh, okay, we are taking calls. Uh, we have 49 minutes remaining. We are taking calls. Area code three four seven two one five seven nine four six. Hey, Brad, out there in North Carolina, brother, you need to find that phone number. I want to talk to you. Yeah, got it. God bless AIM. 
But uh, we're going to pay the bills real quick, so I'm going to play a couple commercials if you want to hold on, Alex. Okay. Cool. I know you'll like this one. <laughs> so if you hate the stuff today but love the old stuff, the Carl Stern shows are for you. CarlStern.com. And guess what, Fatso? I'm the world champion. Runs down the history of wrestling. CarlStern.com. Now, for a lot of you people out there, that's a real hard neck to swallow. Talks about stuff largely that happened before 1989. And the whole goddamn world goes for the Carl Stern Show, carlstern.com. So if you hate the stuff today but love the old stuff, the Carl Stern Shows are for you. carlstern.com. You want all the money, you want all the glory, you want to fly first class, you want to all the stuff on my birth. You don't deserve it. Woo! I love that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Stern is awesome. Carl awesome. Stern is awesome. I love, the, I love the radio shows. You get past the southern accent, he's got a lot of... A lot of good history to talk about. It's a really fun show. Yeah, we're going to have him on the show with uh, probably his tag team partner for his for his other show, other uh, podcast that he does, Rick Gillespie. We're going to I'm going to try to get them both on, but uh, I'm going to drop one more commercial. This is of course my sponsor, so I got to pay the bills. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Be sure to check out IVP Videos. www.ivpvideos.com Two ninety nine single disc, five ninety nine double disc, for all your Purasau, Lucha Libre, some MMA, a lot of classic stuff, your Japanese indies, a lot of indie sleaze. Once again, IVP videos, www.ivpvideos.com. That was gay. I need to record that again. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm honest. At least I'm honest. IVP Videos is a good deal. I bought a couple of DVDs from them. They have real cheap DVDs if you're looking to get in the Japanese scene, which, uh, you know, Brian Alvarez always says there's not much going on. But, I mean, if you if you want to see the old stuff, what everybody in, in the wrestling world is trying to do today, it all comes back to that All Japan 93 stuff with Masawa, Kawada, and Kobayashi, and Saruta. That's what all these guys are trying to emulate today, for better or for worse. But, I mean, that's the, the, the source of where it all comes from. And, I mean... If you want to see it in its purest form, check out some All Japan. I mean, I, I just got into it a couple of years ago, and uh, that stuff is amazing. Amazing stuff. Yeah, that. hold on. I'm walking in my stairway, so I need to um, go outside and violate the wellness policy. <laughs> so, But, yeah, those All Japan classics are pretty cool. Um, yeah. IVP does have a 12-disc Best of Michinoku Pro that – is just fucking awesome. I mean, I, I was never really into Masawa and the All Japan head drop and stuff. I was more yeah. into the, the juniors, New Japan yeah. juniors, and then, um, you know, the early stuff with Tiger Mask and Dynamite. Oh, yeah. I moved into oh, yeah. Michinoku Pro. Oh, my God. Now I love me some indie sleeves. Yeah. I well, I'm, I'm not seeing too much uh, Japanese indie sleeves, but uh, I'm, I've, I've just got into uh, All Japan, like I said, a couple of years ago, and uh I see bits and pieces of New Japan. I mean, I like I like the All Japan style a lot. You know, the guys that can do it real well. I mean, I wouldn't want to work that style because <laughs> something about getting dropped on my neck doesn't sound too appealing to me. But I mean, I love I love the style, and I mean, the guys that are willing to do it. You know, they better for you. You know, but I mean, uh, fun stuff to watch. Yeah, there's all kinds of wacky shit there. He's got uh, he's got a lot of big Japan stuff. 
He's got the um, the uh, Big Japan Deathmatch Bible. I don't know if you're into that stuff. I, I used to be at one time. Wacky stuff. I used to, uh, I actually got into CZW about 2002 after, uh, maybe it was earlier than that. It was after Cage of Death 3. The, no, it was the, the it was Cage of Death 2 with uh, Justice Payne and Lobo and then uh, Lobo and Zandig. And they flew in uh, Yamakawa, I think his name was. Or Anyways, he was a big Japan worker, him and uh, Honda and uh, Shadow WX. And those were like the big, big Japan deathmatch workers. And uh, I got into a little bit of Big Japan at that time and uh, through CCW, which has completely fallen off the, the planet. But uh, Pretty much. Other than the best of the best. I mean, that was the last show of theirs I watched was best of the best. Oh, and best of the best this year was horrible. <laughs> Hell, ugh. No good. Just last year's best of the best when all the – I mean, you know, I'm, I'm young in the business, so I'll throw out some darts. I mean, the, when the ROH guys came in and melted in last year and uh, the CCW guys, I mean – the CZW guys, I mean, they work a certain, you know, like the Sabians and the Ruckuses, they work a certain style, you know, they're very spotty. And, I mean, if they work with each other or a guy that knows how to work that style, it ends up being pretty good. But, I mean, uh, the ROH guys, they didn't translate well to that style, and uh, I feel some of them kind of melded in. And, I mean, uh, the best of the best last year wasn't that good. And this year's best of the best went back to the basics, you know. They used a lot of really young guys, but, I mean, unfortunately, the younger guy talent, for whatever reason, just didn't uh, – as good as what the original talent was. I mean, the best of the best one was amazing. I don't know how well it stands up to today because I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I, I always yep. remember that Briscoes versus Briscoes match on there. Yep. And uh, that that was amazing. And then they, they had Juventud Guerrero come in. He actually came in late, which made for a good storyline because uh, that led into the ruckus push. And, I mean, uh, the early CZW was really, really good. And uh, I, I really liked CZW to about 2005 with the, the, the blackout angle and uh, – they were doing really good stuff, and then I just don't know what happened to them. <laughs> yeah, that Briscoe Briscoe match was the number, the second best match. The first one they had in Boston, Honor Invades Boston, ROH. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, that match just blew it away. Oh, and if that, you've ever seen the match they had at NWA Wildside as well, that match was amazing too. I was a huge Wildside mark coming up too. That's on the Best of Super Juniors Volume One and Two. You can get that at HighSpots.com. Yes. So another and, uh, and then it's also on the uh, Freedom Fight, I believe was the name of the show. Yeah, that was the show, yeah. Freedom Fight 2004, which was a really good show. It had the war games uh, with a really good angles in it. I'm, uh, I remember Rick Michaels bleeding buckets after uh, Iceberg came in and bladed. Uh, it, it was an awesome, awesome match. Yeah, good stuff. Wildside was real good about pushing their students. AJ Styles and... Uh, Adam Jacobs and Brandon Phoenix and Air Paris. I mean, they they didn't really draw too well, but I mean, a lot of the guys got national exposure, and I mean, uh, some of the guys kind of fucked it up for themselves, like Jason Cross, and uh, I don't even know what ever happened to Air Paris, but AJ Styles really came out of there real well in Abyss, and I mean, uh, I don't know if Abyss was trained there, but I know he did a lot of work there in the early days, and I mean, uh, they got real good national exposure, and now we're making a lot of money, so if they weren't making money in Walter, they're making money now, which that's always good, you know? I wonder what happened to Jason Cross. He was really good. He was yeah. Good. Shooting star leg drop, the first time I've ever seen that, that was insane. Yeah, it was insane at the time, yeah. Well, they were really good as a team, as Air Raid Crash and WCW towards the end. Oh, no, and, that was Air uh, Paris and AJ Styles. Right, yeah, Air Paris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the first time I'd really seen indie wrestling uh, on a national stage. I mean, was the Air Paris's and the AJ Styles coming in to work for WCW at the end. 
And, I mean, at the time when I was a young kid, I mean, that was a style I really enjoyed. You know, now I watch it just like train wreck TV. But at the time, I mean, I, I was really into it, you know. And, I mean, uh, they gave a lot of – WCW at the end when they were dying, they were giving a lot of uh, lot of opportunities to a lot of unknown guys. I, I always remember that Daniel's uh, modest match was a really good match to uh, Daniel oh, on his yeah. head. But uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a really good match. And, I mean, uh, they were giving a lot of breaks. I mean, I remember they were pushing the hell out of easy money on there, Jason Jett. We don't see too much of Jason Jett anymore. Ah, no, I, he's too busy making tights. Yeah, he's so, making gear. Yeah, uh, I don't know his go. website. It's like Easy Gear or something. Well, that's uh, I happen to have my computer right in front of me. www.easygear.com. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, it's not boring. <laughs> uh, no, it's something for iPods. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not it. Well. Uh, I actually went to a site a, a couple of weeks ago, and, yeah, um, I think he's still making gear or whatever, and hopefully, you know, he's successful or whatever. But, I mean, uh, yeah, they were giving a good push to him, and uh, it's unfortunate WCW shut down, you know, with all that money, you know, figured they'd kept him afloat, you know, and uh, they'd have, you know, put some younger guys on the scene, and then they could have got some breaks, and maybe they'd be in WWE making, you know, it would have been nicer if w, WCW just folded into like a, a a really small, you know, almost like a TNA role, you know, just – you know, they had enough national exposure where they could break, you know, upcoming talent, you know. Hmm. Cool. That's what ECW should become, you know. I mean, ECW, I mean, they have all this access to, you know, really young guys or whatever, you know. I mean, they're pushing the hell out of CM Punk and John Morrison. I really thought John Morrison was ready for, you know, the, the bigger setting, but uh, apparently they didn't think so for whatever reason. But, I mean, it's given CM Punk and John Morrison a, uh, really good exposure on that TV, you know. A lot of people are hearing about them, you know, and uh, they can break in, you know, in uh, a, a bigger scale without, you know, a too big scale, you know. And, I mean, they got the one match, uh, one match they send to the pay-per-view every month, which is a, a system I agree with. You know? I just wish they'd send guys down to ECW instead of sending the guys who are, are old and can't work, like a, a, a viscera. I'd rather them send down a guy like Jamie Noble or a, a, a William Regal, you know, the guys who can still work, uh, you know, let them go down there and work with the young guys, you know. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a song real quick, and I'm going to get uh, a partner of mine on the line from North Carolina. So I'm going to okay. put on hold. I'm going to play a song, okay. and I'm going to get uh, Bradley on the air. All right. All right, I'm going to put you on hold real quick. <clears throat> And let's play a song. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Now, see. 
Howdy, Alex. How's it going, brother? Hey, what's going on? All right, we're back from break. We have, well, I don't quite know how to introduce him, so Brad Stucy on the line from North Carolina. What's going on, Bradley? Yes, sir. How are you? How's everything on the left coast? Oh, it's nice, actually. It's not too bad out here. Uh, Brad, we're on the line with uh, San Diego independent worker, Alex Saint. Say what's up, Alex? Hey, what's going on, Bradley? Not much, not much. Uh, hanging out here in the Carolinas. I've liked a lot of, of what you guys have said, though, so far. It's been a good show so far. It's always good, baby. Little, little technical difficulties. I wish I could have joined you guys earlier. It's all good, dude. I I stole my mother-in-law's cell phone, so I'm I'm still figuring it out. So. <laughs> yeah, to get to with the parents is, is okay by me. Keep it <laughs> indie, baby. <laughs> so uh, what do you have coming up, Brad? Uh, every year we do uh, we do a big Survivor show. Uh, usually we do we do one Survivor Series type match. Uh, they usually uh, the group is called CWF Mid Atlantic. We're out in Burlington, North Carolina, which is a little bit south of Greensboro, and uh, we usually we do a uh, we do a Turnio Cibernetico, uh, which tends to go over with very mixed results in Burlington, North Carolina, as you can <laughs> We did our first one in uh, maybe 2000, 2003 or 2004, and uh, we don't do one. Qu- it's nowhere near the, the the experience that Quack makes it out to be um, as far as, like, those guys, Chikara, really do it up right and announce the teams ahead of time and, and put thought into the strategies of the captains and everything. And for us, it tends to just kind of be – uh, everybody that's left over gets thrown into the Cibernetico. Uh, it's it's really interesting to like explain this like lucha match to some of these guys that have been working on the Indies for ten fifteen years and who you really respect as a worker and you're and they're looking at you and you can tell they have no idea what you're talking about as far as like the the batting order of tagging in and out and stuff. Um, we they always turn out pretty well though. Which I guess is a credit to the guys we have. They always turn out pretty decent. Um, so, uh, what's the story with um, you guys having to give up your AWA membership? Oh, the story with that. Uh, yeah, we were. 
uh, one of the charter members of the new AWA. And um, I, I personally, I think it just has a lot to do with people not knowing uh, Dale Ganya or Dale Ganger, you know, whatever his, his shoot name is. His shoot name is not <laughs> Ganya. And Get the I'm R like, out. I'm like, you know, these people that, like, we devote every Saturday of our lives to doing this, and we're going to get in business with this guy, and you guys can't take ten seconds to Google his freaking name and, and find out who he is. Um, like, I knew I knew the deal with him a year before it went down. I knew this guy was going to screw us on the deal because uh, I'm friends with a guy who works down here as uh, Mitch Connor. He worked up in Wisconsin as uh, Jay Reel, and he knew Dale from back in the day, and he was like, dude, this guy is running – you know, do you know who this Dale Gandhi is? And I'm like, well, not really. He's like, this is he runs these, uh, you know, outlaw shows with like a fake Golga and a fake Undertaker and a fake Mankind and all this stuff. And he's just, he's a fucking carny. And uh, I was like, okay, so that's that's what we're getting into. He's like, yeah, that's what we're getting into. And then a year later, he he turns out to be a freaking carny, and everybody's all surprised. And I'm like, you guys can't you know take ten seconds and and find out you know who we're dealing with. Read the fucking um, Observer already. Yeah, no doubt. No oh, doubt. It's like it's the same guy that was running that, you know, he's been running these shows. And he had, he, he booked Buff Bagwell for, I guess, this big show that they do every year in Indianapolis. And he booked, he booked Buff Bagwell and, um, I presume, Tom Brandy as the Patriot. And that was the big hook for the show this year was they put Stars and Stripes back together. Last year they had, um, they had Omori. And that's who Rick Converse, who's one of the guys that I broke in with, beat Omori and won the AWA world title and, and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, they had the AWA world champ. They had Carino and Landell. I mean, it was okay. But uh, but this year, the big hook was that they're putting fucking stars and stripes back together. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, God bless indie wrestling. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, uh, Christy Vane is a good friend of mine. And uh, she was down in... Atlanta working for Deep South, and uh, I guess Greg Ganya was an agent down there for a little while, and she had she came back and told some people up here in North Carolina they're like, dude, you know that guy's not a Ganya, right? And and these I, mean, I don't want to bury you know people I work with, but these motherfuckers are like, no, he is, he's he's the Ganya guy, and so it's like me and Christy against like four guys that are, and, and she's telling them, no, Greg Ganya said he's not a freaking Ganya. And it's just it's 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 amazing to me that like people can can call themselves wrestlers and devote so much time and energy in this, and not even not be cognizant of what's going on around them. Like not knowing what the daggum cybernetico is is one thing, but like if we're gonna be working with this guy and you don't know anything about him and you're just gonna take him at his you're just gonna take him at his word in wrestling. <laughs> I have to make a point real quick. Uh, I've only I've only been trained for. Hello? You're, you're, you're getting an education, brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to the I've only been training for about three months, but I, I can say it, tag team matches are really hard to do, um, Not some, as if, especially if you and your partner are on the same page. So I can only imagine working a, a match with uh, 15 other guys, and, I mean, the planning and all that stuff that has to go into it, the storytelling. Because, I mean, the Chikara guys, they work the shows every month. So, I mean, they can, and they know they're leading toward the Cibernetico. So, I mean, obviously they can plan out spots and plan out the you know different match ideas months and months ahead of time so i think that's why those turn out so well but i can only 
I can only imagine working at Cibernetico, you know, with a lot of guys who don't know what it is before they get into it. And the fact they turn out amazing is really a testament to how good the guys are. Who are the real good guys out there you have in the CWF? So over, they usually put me in charge of it because the Booker's always in the main event, so he's got other stuff too. And so they'll put me, they'll put me in charge of, of orchestrating these guys and, and trying to set some eliminations that make sense and stuff because I'm pretty good at, at taking something that doesn't make sense and making it make sense. That's kind of what they use me for. And, I mean, you imagine that. Imagine, you know, I've had to, I've put guys in there that are three months in the business. You know, oh, wow. I'm going to have a guy that uh, uh, me and my friend have been working with is probably going to be in this one uh, on November 17th. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool, though, to see people pick it up and see people get it and it click with them and them try to them work out spots to do and things like that. But, uh, yeah, and then sometimes we put – Guys like Otto Schwann's in there, who's freaking nuts for real. Um, showed up. I don't know if you guys know him or not. Um, mm-hmm. He was in developmental for a long time. He was in Omega. Um, yeah. And, and we put him in there or put guys that have been wrestling for, you know, 30 years, those big, you know, uh, look like truck drivers, North Carolina indie wrestlers, put them in there and, and try to see, you know, what kind of what kind of match they make out of the, the Cibernetico. It's fun to use, but uh, we, we've never had one fall apart on us. So, oh wow! It works out pretty. Do they, well. but yeah, the, the do they work in like a more traditional American match, or do they do they work lucha into there, or how how do the matches go? They definitely work it as more of a traditional American match. Um, the first one that we did was uh, AW, We hosted uh, the AWA Junior Heavyweight Tournament, uh, which was in I guess July of 2005. Uh, that Kirby Mack won. And uh, he's never lost the title because I think he still has a deposit on it or something. I don't know. But um, <laughs> he, uh, he won it. And the first one we ever did was a bonus match on the second night of the tournament with uh, guys that had been eliminated in the first round of the junior heavyweight tournament. So that one was a little bit more kind of lucha-based. A few of those guys knew, knew, what they were, knew what they were doing as far as that match went. But, uh, yeah, for us, we usually – it's usually the first or second match on the on the survivor card, and it's usually the leftover guys. Um, but we we've done enough of them now that we have some guys that have been working with us for a while, that that have been in them before, and that at least know that they can help the new guys out. Um, but yeah, I have the utmost respect for the Chikara guys and Quack because man, he really he puts a lot into into his, and that's a tough match to to book for, even knowing ahead of time that you're going to book up to that. Um, Two of my friends were in this last one, the Chivas, uh, who were in the one they just did, and they came back and said that it was really, I mean, Quack puts a lot of thought and depth in, into, into you're going to be working with this guy for the bulk of it, and here's why, and, and it, he puts a lot of thought into his. Um, for what's us, the locker room environment backstage at a sh- oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Okay, what, what's the backstage environment uh, at a CWF show? You said you have veterans that have been working for about 30 years, and you've got some guys who are, Real young in the business. Are a lot of guys real helpful, or do guys kind of stick to themselves, or what's the what's the backstage? Um, I would say it's not it's not terribly different than it is than it would be working anywhere else. Um, as far as you've got some guys that are kind of stupid and, and don't really know what's what's going on, but they're they're there for a reason, either. You know, there's something outside the ring maybe that they're contributing to the company. Um, there's something, you know, they're selling tickets, they're doing something, they're setting up the ring. 
you got those guys, you got, you know, your veterans that are usually helpful, but, um, you know, I, don't, I, I, I guess the main thing I would find that sticks out is, is not necessarily CWS specific, but here in the Carolinas, you got a lot of guys who have been working forever but haven't really done anything, and you probably have those guys anywhere, but here especially, oh, yeah. it's like, it, it seems like there's a lot of guys that still go out there like it's 1994. <laughs> works great in some towns. When you get in Tennessee, like East Tennessee, like the mountains, man, do that Memphis shit because it's awesome. Um, but there are some towns that have seen enough wrestling that they need a little bit more than that. Um, and, and that kind of – having to kind of go against the veterans is tough, I think. Having to kind of say, no, I think it's better if we do this is is tough sometimes. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I've ever encountered anybody that wasn't anyone that was standoffish or wasn't helpful in some way. I mean, I think I've learned something from everybody. Um, a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that that want to do ROH stuff, which doesn't necessarily go over well in the Carolinas. Um, I love ROH. I, I was watching their race to the top tournament before I, I got up with you guys tonight. Um, but it's, uh, it's niche-oriented. You know, you have to have the audience that wants to see that. Um, I work for uh, Hermie Sadler's UWF, too. I do the color commentary on those shows. And Hermie had Ruckus, Tyler Black, um, Matt Cross, Luke Hawks, Tornado, and one other. It was a six-way. Back in March was when Wrestling Society X was still on the air for the one month that Wrestling Society X was on the air. (laughs) DVD come out November 13th. Yes, it is. And Hermie put a six-way with the Wrestling Society X guys out in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in the heart of the Dagum Mountains. And Ruckus, who I love, is doing all his crazy shit, and he's diving off the ropes and everything. And it I, I don't want to say it got no reaction, but it didn't get a third of the reaction that Carino got. I mean, guys, really, you have to know, you have to know the crowd you're working in front of. And... Working in the South will teach you that, you know. Working in the South, will you, you'll see those guys that try to do the ROH stuff and then realize two matches on the card that Tracy Smothers and Boris Zukov are getting a better reaction than them. You know, you, you run into – I think it's good to work in the South because you get that experience that you don't necessarily get in the Northeast or in other places where you can just go out and do that stuff and it works. You definitely have to learn how to be uh, work different styles. I mean, out here in San Diego, we have a predominant uh, lucha community here, and so uh, if you know how to take arm drags and how to base people real well, you know they'll put you on lucha shows. And I mean, uh, it's a completely different style. I mean, actually, I was at a lucha show last weekend where uh, a guy in a semi-main brought out a light tube and smashed it over a guy's head, and it didn't get over nearly as well as the. Uh, this gimmick they had with this guy, he liked to, he, he played a homosexual character. He liked to go around kissing the other wrestlers. And they got a much bigger pop than the guy bringing out the light tube. So it's all about knowing your audience and then knowing what they want to see. And then you have to be adjustable to different styles. I mean, uh, you know, the, the hot flying uh, ruckus style isn't going to get over everywhere, you know. You've got to be adaptable. Hey, Alex, do you know who that guy that was kissing people, do you know who that was? Uh, Rudy Gardenia, I think is his name. R- Ruby Gardenia? Yeah, but what's his non-working name? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's what everyone calls him. <laughs> it's Martin Marin. No, that's not Martin. No? That's not him? No, it's not. 
Oh, really? Yeah. No, I know who Martinez. is. That's not Martinez. Yeah, I mean, because he does the same gimmick. Oh, does he? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys down here that do that same gimmick. It works. Yeah, it, works. it, it does. It gets real over in Lucha crowds, you know? And, and Lucha, I mean, they don't... I mean, they do real. Ba- I mean, they do a lot of arm drags, and I mean, I just saw Io de Rey Mysterio last week, and I mean, uh, he's good, but I mean, he doesn't do. He does just enough to get the pops out of the crowd, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I mean, if you know what the crowd wants to see, and you go out there and entertain them, I mean, nothing wrong with the ROH guys. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily what I'm into, you know, but I mean, the ROH guys, I feel a lot of times they go out there and kill themselves, you know, and uh, they learn how to work a little bit smarter. I think they could get maybe even bigger reactions doing less stuff, you know. I mean, you take someone like Adam Pierce. I mean, Pierce gets a you know really good reactions out of those ROH crowd, and he does nothing, you know. And I'm a huge Adam Pierce fan, so I love Adam's stuff tremendously. I think he's really great for the product to have somebody that brings something different to the table like that. Because there was, it's not so bad now, but there definitely got to be a point where every match was lariats and dropping people on their heads. And yeah. I think there's a little bit better variety now. They've got the Chikara guys, you know, which nobody nobody can do that Chikara style like people that are from there. And I think it's great to have them. I think it's great to have Pierce. Um, I would love to see the ROH. I'd love to see a lot of people have tried to get ROH to come to Virginia um, because it's kind of halfway from the south to to northeast. I'd love to see the ROH guys come to the south and, and do a little swing and just see – what would happen and, and how they drew and how how much presence they have down here. Because when I was when I was working those Hermie Sadler shows, I was surprised that people knew who Abyss and America's Most Wanted were. When you get to you know the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia and you're in the mountains and there's 900 people in the gym because there ain't nothing else to do in that town for the next six months, I was surprised that people knew who Abyss and AMW were. I would love to to be able to gauge the awareness down here of somebody like Danielson or the Briscoes or Delirious that's made a real name for themselves on the Indies, but hasn't necessarily been here. I would I love to say, see. I'd love to see Delirious in a deep South crowd. Okay. I have to say, uh, R.O.H. when they came out, reaction. <laughs> when R.O.H. came out west, as far as the Russell Scamfest and the, the Las Vegas show, I was at the San Francisco show. They drew three fifty, maybe. Maybe three fifty, and I heard the Vegas show drew about the same. Their fault. And, well, no, I mean they promote. I, I they live out here. I live out here. Okay, I live ten minutes from the Cow Palace, and I didn't see one flyer. I didn't see one newspaper ad. I didn't see any ads on on anything. Nothing. Zero. Promotion. Well, ROH could have promoted the show themselves. I mean, I knew about the ROH show from the ROH website. I mean, I think a lot of indies today get by on not promoting the shows very well on the strength of the Internet, because PWG does it out here. They don't promote other than on the Internet. And, I mean, obviously they, they're happy about drawing four, uh, 350, I mean, 250 to about 400 to their shows. Yeah, but but I mean, their business model is the DVD sales. So that's yeah, that but if, if they increase the houses, I mean... I don't know. We did a... Uh, Hermie ran Greensboro, North Carolina with uh, gosh, Raven, D'Lo, Rikishi, uh, Sergeant Slaughter did a guest spot. Um, CW and Steve. Were on Wasn't the that show. the War Games? Was that the War no, Games? No, no, this was a few months before the War Games. Oh, okay, the build up for the War Games, then, but, uh, right? It was, yeah, it was about it was twelve to fifteen names on mm-hmm. on a six match card and drew like two forty. Oh wow! Um, it's all it's 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 just like old boy said. It's all about 
if if they don't know the show is happening, you can have Jesus on the card, and it doesn't matter. Exactly. And and what had happened was he had ran Greensboro the year before with moderate success and came back, but in between uh, he he partnered up with with CWF to run it because it was close to us. In between, the guy that was doing all the promotions on the CWF end left. So they put it all in somebody else's lap to do the promotions and and put the flyers out and the commercials. And it, it's just like it's just like KZ said. I live in Greensboro, and I didn't see one commercial for that show. I didn't see a poster. If I wasn't with the company, I would have never known that Raven and D'Lo and Sergeant Slaughter and all those guys were going to be in Greensboro. Yeah. Um, Actually, uh, you know, it's just that's the way it is, and you you can you can only get so much out of the internet. You know, if, if the people that are coming to your shows don't read the internet, then your MySpace is not going to be tremendously uh, crucial to your business success. That's I'm really young in the business, but uh, I've talked to a lot of club promoters and a lot of promoters that don't promote wrestling, and um, I've gotten a lot of you know a lot of basic guerrilla tactics that clubs use, and then other. Uh, areas of business used for promotion. And, I mean, I really see uh, wrestling in, in my area going away from a lot of that, you know, a lot of the flyering, a lot of the stuff hitting the streets, letting people know you're there, you know. And uh, I, I just see a lot of promotions going away from that. I see their houses going away, too. And, I mean, uh, I think a lot of promoters need to do that, they need to go back to the basics of promoting, you know, and uh, I think uh, they'll see the houses expand, you know, if that's what they want to do. I tell you, schools are the best hook. Get a school, get a booster club, get somebody where where the kids or the parents will work selling tickets for you. Um, granted, you got to give them like you know twenty five, thirty percent of the gate, whatever. But I mean, if they put eleven hundred people in there, it's worth it. Um, we had eleven hundred people a year and a half ago to see Shannon Moore and Psychedelico uh, Jr. and oh, wow. not a tremendous amount of other people that, that the average wrestling fan would know. Um, and it was a town with a big Hispanic population, so they brought in Psychedelico. Uh, but, I mean, we had 1,100 people. And what it was was the Booster Club went out and worked and, and held up their end of the bargain and delivered us, you know, 1,100 people. Um, that's the best hook. If, you, if, I had, if I had 12 schools in, in an area that I, would, that I could work with, that I could rely on, I, I would just do that. I would, run 12, I would run once a month and just run – that one school every month, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I, if I we have a and I'd make money. Yeah. We have right, 150 uh, pre-sold for the the next show we're doing on Saturday, and that was all just because uh, uh, our promotion has a school or whatever the promotion that I work for, and I'm actually a student in the school. And we have 150 pre-sold, and then uh, I expect you know 100 to 80, 90, maybe even a you know a, a lot more showing up at the gates. I mean, we're gonna have a pretty good show for a show that is students up and down the card except for the main event. The name event, we have one name guy, which is Chaos, and another guy who's uh, associated with the school, SoCal Crazy, who's a, a, a teacher. But, I mean, this school, this show is drawn really well, and it's not, you know, it's not any names. It's all students. <laughs> so Okay, I'm going to cut you off, Alex. Um, I want you to get in a quick plug for your MySpace and the New Wave uh, MySpace as well. Okay, um... My MySpace is uh, www.myspace.com slash cmsaint, and uh, add me as a friend, and then uh, go to newwayprowrestling.com and uh, find out all you can about the promotion, and uh, that's all I got. We're having a show Saturday. Come, hang out. Thank you for co-hosting tonight, Alex. I really appreciate you. I'm going to cut you off because I'm expecting maybe a mystery guest to call in, so I'm going to cut you off. Dad and I want to 
rip on Brad myself. <laughs> so uh, thanks for calling in, and good luck on the show, brother. All right, thank you very much. Have me on again. Bye bye. All righty, Brad. Yes, I got sir. you to myself. So, um, are you still doing work with High Spots at all? Yes, absolutely. High Spots is uh, High Spots is who got me the gig uh, working with Hermie in the UWF um, cool. because at one point uh, they had they were doing all the Hermie DVDs in house. Um, I think they've outsourced that a little bit now. I'm not sure they're doing everything in house like they used to, mm-hmm. uh, but they that's still how I got on as far as doing the commentary gigs and things like that. Cool. Um, of, uh, so it's not I remember hard. hearing you on one of the shoot interviews. Was it Rocky King? Uh, wouldn't have been Rocky King. Um, no. Let's see, I did Dick Slater. I did, Dick Slater, that I was did the one. I did Von Raschke. I did the Mulkies. Um, I did Bill DeMont. Yep, there you go. a few here and there. What, what do you think of doing that, conducting the shoots like that? Um, I really enjoy it. I like it a lot. They're, uh, I love getting surprised, um, mm-hmm. like Bill DeMont. Who I mean, I told Bill to to his face afterwards. I, I was like, I'm really surprised by this. I was dreading having to be the one to do this because I totally thought, you know, this guy just got fired, you know, a mm-hmm. month ago or whatever it was. His 90 days wasn't even up yet. I don't think. No, it wasn't. And and you know, this guy just got fired. I'm imagining he's going to be uber political and not say anything. You know. That's not Bill though. Yeah, and uh, exactly. I was, he did I, let I loose. He was not going to say anything to go against the company line. And, I mean, it was the best shoot I've ever been a part of. He was completely, you know, he was completely cool and completely outspoken. And, and we got done, and he was like, man, I, I I was surprised I didn't bury people as bad as I thought I was. And I was like, dude, you got to watch some of these other tapes. You bury people way worse than the average guy does. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty entertaining. Um, you can pick that up at www.highspots.com. Or that other website, but we're not going to mention that one. Oh, just go to High Spots. Yeah, go to High Spots. To high spots. Give, give Mike your money. Mike's That's good exactly people. Right. He's, he's still got. He still has to recoup his losses from a couple weeks ago at Cow Palace. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go to that cluster fuck of a weekend. I didn't even. I didn't realize as many of our boys went out there. There were a lot of people out there. I mean, there were High Spots. I don't know if. Not uh, fans. I, I know ROH was out there, and I know that they were doing shoots. So I know they did a couple, and I don't know if that other company out in Philadelphia. Mike really—I um, don't want to say anything that if, if it gets back to the wrong person, that's going to get me in trouble. But Mike actually kind of feels like uh, the shoot interview market has really kind of dried up. Um, I, I can't remember when the last the last shoot that that we've conducted. Um, it might have been PG thirteen, which while it was it was an awesome shoot, it, that's been a few months ago. Yeah, it was um, PG thirteen. Yeah, he, he really kind of has soured, I think, on the shoot interview market. Um, K-Fame Commentaries is doing cool stuff, though. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that stuff's good. They're doing really cool stuff. I actually had had the idea at one point that I, I took it to High Spot of, of doing like a, uh, which I think is what they've done with the Honky Tonk Man now, of doing like a virtual Q&A, like a, like a cyber Q&A where people can mm-hmm. send in, you know, questions and stuff for whoever was in the studio. And um, Mike didn't want to pursue it because he was afraid if he put out there on the Internet that they were going to have so-and-so in the studios that someone else would try to gank him from him and do a shoot with him first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like the stuff that Kayfabe Commentaries is doing. Like I thought the, the virtual Q&A with Honky Tonk looks cool. Um, I thought Sullivan and Gabe's guest bookers were really cool. Yeah, I'm waiting on Dylan's to get in. Yeah, he's Where? really cool. He's really cool. I got to interview him back at FanFest a couple of years ago. And uh, he's really very astute to the business. 
which is yeah, that dude could just sit and talk. He's just like Cornette. He could just you know you you plug him in and he just fucking goes and goes and goes. He just doesn't stop. Which but, I mean, that, those are the best. Bill's like that. Uh, those are the best. Lamont ran. I mean, he just he basically had a Q and A in the locker room. We had him for two nights, and both nights, I, I don't even know if anyone spoke to him first. Because by the time I walked in, he was just holding court. And it, it, it wasn't, I don't know how many people listening have ever been in a locker room before, but there was nobody shaking hands. There was nobody making small talk. You just came in, sat your bag down, and listened to Bill. And it was a really cool experience for two nights. Um, he, Bill has a lot of passion for the business. I heard, I think I read somewhere that he was going to retire at the end of the year. And I really, I hate that because Bill has a lot of passion for the business and could really contribute if somebody could, if somebody really knew how to get the most out of him. Um, he's a super, super guy. And well, he, are, showed, he showed really what he was made of on the Tough Enough, I think. He, he did. Showed he, was, his, he was like the, the, the football coach, you know. He had that coach mentality mm-hmm. that he was going to get the most out of his boys. Exactly. But yeah, he was he was a really cool experience to to deal with on the shoot and and like I said, we had him for two nights um, on two shows also and I mean just right anything you wanted to know about Bill would tell you um, he was a cool experience. Bill and Randy Mulkey was a cool experience just because you could kind of tell that they were they were really humble and really kind of um, pleased that they were remembered and and it, it made them it made them feel good to know that people thought enough of them and remembered them enough to do, you know, a shoot tape with them. You know, it's strange. Cool they, they came off really nervous. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think they kind of lose eventually. It. But when when they said that uh, people would walk up to them or, or whoever was writing TV and said, I want to work with them, you can't get any more of a compliment than that. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, George South runs shows down here a lot and, and runs uh, – a lot of shows down here, and he's he's another good one to uh, to kind of listen in on and and try to get under the learning tree from. Um, George doesn't really like anything that's happened since about 1985, so you gotta you gotta nothing wrong with that. You gotta shift through that. I mean, anything in the world in general. Um, so you gotta kind of shift through that. But there's still a lot of things you know to be learned from those guys. Um, you can never have too much experience on a show. Um, I love working with Otto Schwann. Because he was in developmental for so long, he does he does TVs every time they come through North Carolina or Virginia. Was he a dub? He, I'm sorry. Was he a dub? Yes, he was. Yeah. He was one of the ones that started. It was him and uh, Mike Maverick, who yeah. eventually ran off with Stacy Keebler, and uh, Marty Garner, who was Champagne and Omega. Yeah, that guy's a whack job too. Marty Garner? Yeah, he's a little oh, out he's there. Great. I love him. <laughs> Toots out there. He's I want to interview that cat. You gotta hook me up with uh, some contact info on that guy. I can I can probably swing that. He moves around a lot, but uh, he's he's dodging child support from somebody probably. But, uh, <laughs> he's no, he's he's Marty's great. Actually, when I was I was um, I was six months in the business, and one of my uh, even to this day I'm eight years in the business now. One of my one of the biggest compliments I've ever been paid, and one of my my highlights in my life in my life in wrestling, was I was five or six months in the business. But all the boys knew me because I had come around to shows and I had been coming around as a, as a mark. And I was like five months in the business, and Marty and Shannon Moore pulled me aside and asked me if I would watch their two trainees have their first match. 
if I would watch it with them and tell me and tell them what I thought. I was, you know, 16 years old. I was five months in the business. You know, what the fuck do I know? But they knew that I had been around enough shows and I had been coming around as a mark for long enough that, I mean, I guess they wanted to, they wanted to hear what I thought of their boys. And I thought that was really cool, you know, for guys that had been to New York and back or been to ECW and back or whatever, for them to, to pull me aside like that and ask me if I'd watch their two boys have their first match and let them know what I thought. I thought that was really cool of them. I've always kind of taken that with me as far as my experience with those two guys. Well, thank you for being on the air. Absolutely. i got four minutes remaining, so I'm going to have you plug what you need to plug, and then I'm going to hang up on you. Uh, com, uh, myspace.com backslash Stutzy, S-T-U-T-T-S-Y, uh, or myspace.com backslash Fatback Enterprises, uh, one word. And uh, maybe if KZ has me on again, I'll, uh, I'll smarten everybody up to the Fatback Enterprises stuff. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Survivor Series show is uh, November 17th in Burlington. If anybody uh, on the East Coast is listening, uh, check it out. Eventually, there'll be, uh, there'll be a write-up on it at uh, CWFMidAtlantic.com. Tremendous. Thanks for coming on, Bradley. Absolutely. It was definitely a, ple- a pleasure having you on. We'll definitely have you on again. I appreciate um, it, KZ. Not a problem, brother. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, man. So I'm going to leave it up to you to hang up your phone. Absolutely. Bye. All righty, brother. All righty. Well, that was Brad Stucy from North Carolina Independent CWF Mid-Atlantic, formerly, well, I'm not even going to say the hell with it. They weren't even AWA as far as I'm concerned. But if you're interested in checking out their products, you can find their DVDs at uh, highspots.com. Um, support your indies. Um, also, up there on the... Uh, iSpot's website, they have the new Best of Chikara for $9.99. That is $10 you need to spend. Check out Mike Quackenbush's uh, uh, promotion and his workers. Uh, they got some really good stuff. I'm not going to run out of the lineup, but definitely worth checking out. And remember, you have to support your local indies. I can't stress it anymore. Um, let's run through some plugs here real quick. Our sponsor for Rebel Guard Radio would be... And now, a word from our sponsor. Be sure to check out IVP Videos, www.ivpvideos.com. $2.99 single disc, $5.99 double disc. For your Purasau, Lucha Libre, some MMA, a lot of classic stuff, obscure Japanese indies, a lot of indie sleaze. Once again... IVP videos, www.ivpvideos.com. Well, how's that for a hard plug? Uh, you can also check out the uh, Wrestling Observer, www.wrestlingobserver.com. Uh, go to Dave. Mr. Meltzer has all the news. Or also uh, go check out Mr. Brian Alvarez's page, www.f4wonline.com. Come by. Join the Empire. It's $7.99 a month. You get all the audio that you could listen to. You couldn't listen to it all. All the archives go on the, all the way back to 2005. Uh, it has a weekly newsletter that comes out on the late Tuesday nights, early Wednesday mornings. Um, if you want the news from the horse's mouth, I suggest you come by and join the F4W Empire. Uh, myself and Alex Saint, who was on earlier, uh, we're both members. Um, definitely worth checking out. 
Uh, if you're on MySpace, you can check us out. Uh, www.myspace.com backslash rubberguardradio. Uh, shoot out a friend request. I'll gladly add you. Um, if you're an independent worker out there and you'd like to uh, you know, have some air time, or if you're an indie promoter and you'd like to promote your upcoming shows or whatnot, hit me up on MySpace. Um, I'm not about the big guests. I'm all about indie. Um, I don't want to interview the big the big name people or whatnot. It's all about keeping it real with indies because uh, the next crop of workers, you know, they they have to come from somewhere. So <clears throat> make sure you support your local indies. <laughs> 